0: No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're the end crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Stay sir. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Stay outside. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will
2: get high.
3: So we welcome you back in on a Tuesday afternoon. It's the day after the Brewers won a division championship, the National League Central division title. That flag will fly at Miller Park for 2018 and beyond. Now you get to wait a little bit, and you get to wait about what's going to go on tonight at Wrigley Field in Chicago. And now there's no safety net for the Cubs and the Rockies. Yesterday's playoff games in Los Angeles... And in Chicago, where games play with a safety net. Although it was one and done, the loser was not done. It was double elimination. Now it's to single elimination. They both lost, so a second loss sends them home. Then you get into the true postseason. And I've got a beef that I have with Major League Baseball, and it really is uh, I, this is a little bit personal, but just in the general sense, uh, the beef can be had for Houston Astros fans and Cleveland Indians fans who will play at 2.05. Eastern Time, 105 Central Time on Friday. Major League Baseball has an issue. Its issue is too many people say that they're not doing enough to grow the game. Baseball is such a regional, marketed game, right? Uh, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, doesn't have a national persona. Just because baseball is a regional, market-by-market game. Incredible attendance figures around the the country where Major League Baseball is concerned. The Brewers, what, they had 2.8 million in a market size that's 1.5 million people. Literally nine times smaller than Chicago. And the Brewers still draw 2.8. Baseball is healthy with this exception. If you're going to grow the game to national t- TV audiences. You can't play weekday day games in the postseason. Yesterday's the aberration. You've got to play wild card games tonight. So one-game playoffs had to be played during the day yesterday. That's the aberration. It's rare. It's never happened that they played two in one day. But to begin the postseason... With late afternoon games on Thursday and all four games on Friday, one of them starting as early as 1.05 Eastern Time, uh, 2.05 Eastern Time, 1.05 Central Time. Doesn't do any good. Let me be a consumer and make a choice. Start games at 4.30 and 5.00 Eastern or 4.30 and 5.00 Central Time, and then have the other two games stagger and play a little bit later. Two networks double headers on both networks and have the early games go off at 4:30 both uh, you know if you have that the situation on Friday can you imagine any other major profile professional sport putting a playoff game during a weekday day never would the nba ever play a weekday day game in the playoffs would the NHL ever play a weekday day game in the playoffs? They're in the only two apples to apples arguments you can make. The NFL's never gonna play a weekday game um, in the postseason. Certainly if they did, it would be at night, never during the day. And the NCAA tournament's not a fair comparison. There are two days of day games, two days of day games. And they're always the same week every year, and your team, you know, has a just what a fifty-fifty chance of playing in them, and it's the round of sixty-four, and you know about it forever and ever. So I, I have an issue with baseball on that front. Shouldn't be upset on a day like today. The Brewers are going to play in the NLDS beginning on Thursday. That will be a four o seven. Friday is a three uh, fifteen first pitch. Both those games at Miller Park. So excited. But baseball has an issue. This doesn't do anything to help its issue. It's it's silly. Let the consumer choose. This is a money-driven reason that they go day game, day game, early night game, later night game. So you get four separate TV audiences. Let the consumers make a choice and leave it open to your consuming public to be able to choose those. To be able to, to manipulate a schedule in some way, shape, or form that they can. And have the option. That's just my opinion. i am get off my soapbox here in a moment. Uh, I welcome in John Audius to the program. Hello, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? It's amazing
4: you brought up this topic because it's actually in our Big Three at Three. Oh, how'd that happen? I don't know. We talk about this. Should we do it? Yeah.
0: This is the Big Three at Three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three.
4: Do you have an issue with afternoon start times? Oh, we start, start over. <laughs> at four time. Thursday at 4.07. Friday at 3.15. And then Sunday at three thirty-seven. Those are the first three games. Sunday is a pretty good deal, right? I mean, it, it, we don't
3: know if it's in Chicago or Colorado, but Sunday is right after the Packers game finishes. Packers is a road game, so it doesn't end up being um, one of those. Timing. Yeah, it's, it's just, actually it's it, Sunday works timing. out different. And, and listen, I it certainly could have been head to head or opposite of Badger football. Where I'm concerned, which would personally have caused an issue. It it didn't happen that way. That's just the luck of the draw. I have no issue with scheduling on the weekends. Luck of the draw. Um no I guess I don't
4: have a big deal or issue with this whatsoever. Well, okay, <laughs> let me
3: let, let me pull back can I pull back to a national front sure, on this? Sure. Let's not make this a brewer story. Okay. If baseball's issue, part of their issue, part of their drive is to grow their game, how can you play a
4: playoff game? at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday. Well, let me ask you, and I'm more focused on the 4 or 3 o'clock start time. How many 1 o'clock start times do they have?
3: Well, right now, it's only set through the weekend, so Friday, there's... So there's one so far. Yeah, Friday, there's a 2.05 Eastern time game, Cleveland and Houston. Okay,
4: but as they whittle this down, and there are less teams in the DS right? And then once they get to the ALCS, there's no, are there afternoon start times? I don't know. In the ALCS and NLCS? Well, the game times haven't been set, John, but
3: on Monday, October 8th, there are four games. They just haven't set the times yet. Okay. So next Monday, there's going to be an elimination game. It's going to be played on a weekday
4: afternoon. So there are a couple of things you can do. You said no other pro sports teams do it like this. Number one, overall, I don't have an issue. I, I think it's it, it, Listen. Just, it, can I talk for more than ten straight seconds? Would you have an issue if the NBA did this? Just, just no. Just let me get my thoughts in an order and then take them and then make words and then put them out for more than ten seconds. Um, all right. So here's all I'm saying. If you did it the NBA way, you could, ex- you know, make this postseason even longer because you know the NBA likes to drag out its postseason and you have all these off days in between games. And I'm looking at the 2017 NBA playoff schedule, and this is not, uh, this is Eastern start times. They had games start at uh, 10.30. They had games start at 9.30. Um, they had games start at 8. I mean, so basically they went one early at 7 and one later at 9 or 9.30. So when you talk about growing the game, I almost in a way feel... If you want to capture, because we always talk about how can kids watch Monday Night Football? How can kids watch the NBA Finals? How can kids watch the NBA Playoffs? They start so late. Well, now they're starting at a decent time when they get off at school. At least a majority of the games um, are, are uh, available for kids to view. Like If we talk about growing the game, isn't that better than, say, starting Eastern Time, 8, 9, 9, 30, 10, 30 at night? The, the only people you worry about is the Eastern Time Zone. I don't mean you. I mean TV.
3: I mean, so coming up on Monday, the uh, on uh, Monday, October the eighth, Red Sox, Yankees, Astros, Indians, Brewers, whoever they're playing, Dodgers, Braves, they're going to play four games if those games are but, needed. Right, but right. I mean, they're doing it on Friday, mm-hmm. so Friday is the one that's in the bag already and, and and already set. How do you grow the game if you're a Cleveland Indians fan?
4: Do mom and dad keep uh, little Johnny home from school? I mean, there's certainly one game that is going to have less eyeballs, for sure, because of that start time. Yeah. So well, could, why so, can't
3: why why couldn't you just go uh, stagger the games, John, and play 5:30 Eastern time and 8:40 Eastern time? Now, then you're going to complain. Well, what about those 8:40 Eastern time kids? Those kids aren't going to bed till 11:40 at night. Well, I'm I'm telling you that the the 5:30 Eastern time game, if you're a West Coast kid, you don't see that game at all. You're at school. You're at work.
4: You don't have the option. I guess I just find but it. Why not let well, I, the consumer choose well, and go 530 sure, and 830? that's fine. But I, honestly, like. Two start times, I think four if games. You're, I think you are going to find the TV if you're a fan of Cleveland. If you're a fan of the Brewers, if you're a fan of the Rockies, the Do- you're going to find the TV. John, so that's why I don't know if it's that big of a deal as far as growing the game it, since baseball totally is, missed the point. Since baseball is so regional, right? Totally, you totally you're the, one the that, point. You're the one that comes in here and tells me how baseball totally is so regional all the, the time. Point. These regional pockets are going to find their game. Totally with no missed issues. the point. Two
3: start times in the in the late afternoon evening. Gets a much bigger four game audience. It's just split four ways, two ways each time. Who's watching the one o five game on the West Coast? That one, that two o five Eastern Time game for the West Coast is eleven o five in the flippin'
4: morning. So now, for the first time ever, we care about the West Coast.
3: Well, John, shouldn't we have always cared about the West Coast <laughs> at we, some I level? I guess you know what this is. This is greed. It is four individual television window start times. Four individual start times to get uh, two different networks, back-to-back doubleheaders. And they don't have any issue with it because they get four start times. But if you're trying to grow the game, why don't you let regional audiences all over the country choose? Otherwise, those people get home from work. Oh, I don't really care, but did somebody win that Cleveland-Boston or the cleveland uh, whoever the the houston game? Mm-hmm. Because I don't really care. I'm not from Cleveland or Houston. But listen, if it's on at 5.30... And I get home from work, and I'm seven. hey, I haven't seen the Indians play a whole lot of I baseball just, this year. Now I have the option. Or
4: do I want to watch the other game? Right, I get oh, it. I get the choice? No, oh, not, that's fantastic. I'm not saying you do this. I'm just saying in general terms. we I, General I, terms I, lost a lot of fights, <laughs> John, and he was not very popular with his troops. The history books, uh, I think, paint a bad picture general terms. and Not an accurate picture, I should say. Uh, but in general terms... I hear the storyline that some of these games start too late. And then so a, a sport like baseball says, "All right, four, at least for the Brewers, four, your time, three your time, 330 your time or whatever." Um and then I also hear some with an issue with that. So uh, I'm not like I say, I'm not saying you have made the argument against the NBA. I'm just saying in general terms. So I don't, I don't understand what the correct way of doing this, if the NBA is doing it right, if the NHL is so doing it right, if baseball is doing here's, it right.
3: Here's what I would say, just to cut to the chase on this, because this is not a personal anger, not a personal argument, because I, somebody else just sends me a tweet. Uh, Absolutely. If the Brewers play Monday at one o'clock, my son's not going to school on Monday. Chad, I get it. That's not what I'm talking about. If I were advising baseball, Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred, and you want to grow the scope of your game, grow television star power, grow the just the elements of the game that you're missing, then stop playing playoff games on a Friday at one o'clock or a Monday at one (laughs) o'clock. You just that's you're going opposite soap operas. What are you doing? I'm just saying, if you are advising Major League Baseball on growing the scope and, and the footprint of your game, stop playing weekday day playoff games. That's what I'm saying. Listen, nostalgically, I love it. I think it's fantastic because I'm a little bit nostalgic watching a day game from Boston or New York or Cleveland with the sunshine and it's cold and that's cool. On the weekend, it's really cool. I don't mind it at all Saturday or Sunday where I'm bothered just from baseball in general terms why are you playing a playoff game on a weekday
4: day yeah. no i mean that's I, the point i understand i understand. It's not a brewers argument yeah i understand it i guess my bottom line if i had a bottom line on this one which is still up for sponsorship by the way bottom line brought to you by general terms um i mean attendance numbers by the way right i mean you always talk about attendance numbers and how baseball is is people want to go out to baseball games more so than ever before? Like, I'm just saying, I, baseball attendance is not the issue. I mean, right? I mean, there are so, markets so, where it is an issue. mean, like, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So people are going to the games. at some sort of record clip, I guess you could say. And um, I, I just, I, I look at it as, what time does my team play? Okay, that's kind of early, but I'm gonna figure it out because I want to watch my team. I don't know. I just, I look at it. it, it like that like it's it's not an but issue sometimes you can't figure it out it's true number 2 uh we do have a phone call on this you want to get to this sure whatever you want to do uh let's get to it first then i got two more questions what's right. up uh caller hey caller
0: <laughs> hey guys how we doing michael.
3: Call, uh, hey michael how are you
0: good how are you
3: good what's on your mind
5: so uh for once in a great while i actually agree with heller on this one but uh john i have a question for you i <laughs> find it strange that your Your reasoning is basing this off of uh like children's bedtimes and such i mean is that m. l. b target audiences
6: for children uh no
4: no it it just, it just it gets back michael to the thought of growing the game and I ask, okay well what's better for growing the game because I always hear the argument that these games start too late, whether it 's in the n b a or or whatever like Monday night football. Monday night football is another one, right? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. like these games start too late and kids.
7: With lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
6: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
7: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
7: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: ...have to go to bed and blah, 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 blah. How do you grow the game? So that's... I'm not talking about ratings. I'm talking about the growth of the game.
5: Sure. And I, I mean, I understand that point, but also it's, you know, it, it, like you said, also, is, you know, make it work to try and, I mean, I don't. I don't know too many people that unless you're taking off a of or unless you have a really awesome uh, workplace environment, that's going to be like, oh yeah, it's you know, two forty-five. Go ahead, and take off on Friday and enjoy the game. I
3: mean, yeah, I, you know, I think for a lot of people, I, I know a, a friend of mine who took his high school kid out of school yesterday. They went down to Wrigley. What's I think that's those are fantastic. I'm just talking about from a general, not a fan of a team concept. Just in in. More general than less specific terms for baseball. It's a great growth vehicle to give the consumers choice. Listen, I've not seen the Indians and Astros play. They're going to play Monday at 105. If I'm working, if I'm a student in high school or college, whatever. If I'm working, if i got a regular job, I'm not going to see the the Astros and the Indians play at 105. I'm just not going to see it. That's fine. Baseball should give you options and let the consumers choose... Late afternoon, evening.
4: Number two, got to move on from this. Number two in our big three at three. No, we don't. We're gonna keep doing this all day long. <laughs> three hours of did major league it's, baseball it's get it right been. with the start times? Yeah. Um, unsung player of the year, Brewers go.
3: Ah, shoot. I don't know. I mean, I, I how would I do that? Unsung player of the year. Um, well, it probably doesn't get enough attention. I mean, you can go, you can do this a lot of different ways. Right, go, you can look
4: at this a ton of different. Yeah, I'll go Jeremy
3: Jeffress it's the Ooh. first one that comes to mind. He doesn't get all of the attention. Uh, the Brewers had issues with uh, Corey Knebel in, in the closing role, injury issue, just uh, getting it done issue. Uh, what the, how they want to use Hater is different, and they didn't have a closer. Jeremy Jeffers wasn't going to be a closer. He's a setup guy, and Jeremy Jeffers was brilliant. In the role. Brilliant. So I, I would put
4: I would list him as an unsung hero of this team. Absolutely. Here's somebody who got a lot of praise early on, but I mean, I know the second half of his performance didn't really warrant much. Um but Jesus Aguilar, right? I mean, going into this season, if I had told you that Jesus Aguilar had the numbers that he had what would you have said to me?
3: Well, John. yeah, he's not. It he w- th- wouldn't man, have been on, in man. play, right? But I would say this. I mean, the dude was an all star, right? No. So there's nothing unsung about him. He overachieved compared to what you thought he was going to do. But everybody, I mean, he. he there, it's not as though nobody's talking about him. The one of the guys that nobody really talks about is Jeffress. That's that's how I would w- was it Jeffress an
4: all star too? Am I wrong? was Jefferson All-Star, to too, so, so right back at you. Number one. <laughs> see what you did <laughs> right there. Right back at you. Uh, all right, so what's the—who uh, do you want to see? Who do you want the Brewers to face? Let's be real. Real talk here.
3: I, I, I don't know the answer, and I posed this on Twitter as our Twitter poll question today. Uh, opening the NLDS Thursday afternoon, 407 FS1. Uh, who will they play? We'll find out tonight. More importantly, who do you want them to play? The Rockies or the Cubs? Now, the vote doesn't surprise me. 67% of you say the Rockies. I think from a storytelling standpoint, the Cubs is a is more juice. It's a better deal. Um, I think there is far more juice in the Cubs series. I'm just telling you, I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier today, uh, Treadmill, who will probably call the show at some point. He's, he's This is his time. Um, and... Every, time, every Cubs hitter that comes to the plate, I'm fearful of. Now, maybe I'm ignorant about the Rockies lineup, because you should be fearful of Nolan Arenado. should be fearful of Trevor Story. should be fearful of, you know, all the way, Charles uh, Blackman. You should be fearful of everybody in the Rockies lineup, too, but because we're less familiar, I'm not as fearful. Every Cubs hitter that comes to the plate, I think, is going to hit the ball onto the street. Every Cubs hitter. I mean, yesterday, I'm gripping, watching the game at Anduzi Sports Club in Green Bay before our show and then uh, in the huddle. I'm sitting by myself with my computer watching the game, and I'm gripping with every at-bat. There's no Cubs hitter that comes to the
4: plate that I don't think is going to hit the ball on the street. True or false, you thought the game was going to be tied in the ninth inning? With a runner oh, on. I was certainly fearful of Rizzo. I thought for yeah. sure it was. I and thought for sure in it a was. Diff-
3: in, on a different day, that ball is in the basket. Uh, the Cubs, I thought, there are times this year where the Brewers, I thought, hit three or four home runs at Wrigley and didn't hit a single one. Yesterday, I thought the Cubs hit three of them. Rizzo's, no doubt. Jason Hayward followed that up in the same inning with what, again, what I thought was kind of a no doubter, and it was caught on the warning track by Yelich, And then Rizzo's in the ninth. I knew he didn't get it. But on many days at Wrigley, that ball's in the basket. I thought the Cubs potentially hit three home runs and they hit one. Um, But but just Rizzo scares the bejesus out of me. Every time he steps to the plate, I think the ball's a a souvenir out
4: on the street. Well, do you want me to cherry-pick stats between the Rockies and the Cubs? Mm, Here's some cherry-pick stats over the last 11 or 12 games. Um, let's just do twelve because then it'll fit the narrative. Uh, so the Rockies are nine and three over their last twelve going into the postseason.
3: Yeah, they were they were very hot.
4: Yeah, they'd yeah. won a bunch yep. in a row. Yep. The Cubs are six and six. Well, so if, that's, if, yeah, it's cherry you look, picking stats. Listen, I, I well, how much further back do you want to go? I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, if you want to look at recent trends, like, if okay, you look at the uh, Brewers, under, you'd be like, I don't Rock- want to face I understand the. Understand that the Rockies were at home with Philadelphia
3: and Washington. Yeah, that's true. They won six of their last seven in the final seven games at home, but they did it against a Phillies team that was already on the golf course, and then
4: a Nationals team. Thought they did lose a game, too, but, I mean, they, they played so two teams that were pick? gone, gone. So you're saying you'd rather face the Cubs because the Rockies... Or wait, you'd rather face the Rockies because they didn't have enough competition. I'm, no,
3: I'm I'm admitting I am less familiar with the Rockies. I'm more fearful of the Cubs' lineup, almost certainly because of familiarity. Mm-hmm. I just see what they do. So, the storyline is better if it's the Cubs. Uh, I don't know. I, the the Cubs do not have a good bullpen. Lines? Not a lot of
4: people. I hate that. I yeah. mean, I, I do for the show. But I sh- know
3: the answer, and I want to be careful of what you wish for. Uh, a couple of corrections in the first segment. Yes, Jeremy Jeffress was an all-star. Um, oh. So, that matches in with uh, your... Aguilar? Jesus, I believe in Jesus. Um, but... The other suggestions: Yoli Shasin. Ryan Posick sent that in as well.
4: That would be my, would be my is second uh, one. the
3: unheralded off-season signing that nobody
4: ever talks about. All he did yesterday was be brilliant again. Well, you know what? I trusted uh, Update Guy Mike Pilch when he said, "Man, Chasine's quite the pickup." So I started looking in more in Chasine, and he I, he actually picked him as my uh, going into this year as my like underrated player of the year or surprise player of the year. So I'm going to trust Mike Pilch, update guy, when he says you don't want to face the Rockets. You love you some, Pilch. Yeah. Well, he's a baseball nerd. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy,
3: 1070 the phone number if you want to jump aboard. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. 1070 Who do you want the Brewers to host Thursday afternoon, just after 4 o'clock at Miller Park? I'm good to your calls. This is Statewide, the Mike Heller Show. got this email in from EJ talking about the choice of who you want. Who do you want, Rockies or the Cubs, to start the NLDS at Miller Park 407 on Thursday? He said, love the show. Appreciate that all the time. I think this is a no-brainer. The answer is the Rockies. I'm not sure either of the two teams is significantly better than the other. That being said, how bad of a punch in the gut would it be to have the Cubs end our season if the Rockies win today, Cubs fans are not going to walk away cursing the Rockies, they'll be cursing the Brewers, because we, Brewers, wrecked their season. In that scenario, we've already won. He doesn't want to see them again. And I get that. That's the, that's the oh my goodness, if they turn around and said, and, and the Cubs end the Brewers season in the NLDS, they won't look back at the game 163 and say, hey, we won when it mattered. Yeah, That I, one didn't matter.
4: I don't know how to look at that, because it's an argument. obviously that would be awful, but... If the Cubs are the better matchup, and it's almost impossible to 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 figure out, yeah, but if the Cubs are the better matchup, then I want the Cubs,
3: yeah, and I'm not sure I mean we play the the Bruiser played the Cubs twenty times uh, it's eleven and nine in favor of Chicago, I mean, that's the season series uh, you just you don't have the same sample set with the Rockies, I and mean, one of those sample sets all the way back in April,
4: not hardly count anymore, and at least you know if Quintana <laughs> will throw against you, even though. Um, Quintana started yesterday's game, right? The argument is they took him out with like a low number of pitches and just allowing one run, and maybe that wasn't the best decision. So just to know Quintana still has their number and and perhaps feeling fortunate that you're able to beat the Cubs yesterday, uh, that is kind of uh, scary, for lack of a better term. How about some phone calls? Because John, let's do uh, phone calls.
3: Bill Huber is going to be after the bottom of the hour, right? Jim in Wausau. Hi, Jim.
6: How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, um, you know, so I was. Well, first of all, I was at the Packer game on Sunday, and I think more people were talking about how the Brewers are going to do rather than the Packers. But that's beside the point. That's how excited everybody is in the state. But my vote for Unsung Player of the Year for the Brewers is Eric Kratz.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, his his numbers won't wow you, but he was uh, he was solid. He did the things that you need that, and he had to play a lot. I mean, Kratz had Yeah, you know, he had to play a lot because of Pena's injury, and uh, you know Jeff Bandy not working out, and uh, you know.
6: It, I think with his with his experience behind the plate like that, he was a real calming presence for the pitching staff, and and really held them in. I mean, he knew where to pitch these guys and and, and their tendencies. I think he did a lot of homework back there. I mean, and I really believe that that that's really what kind of held the pitching staff together is is his. His his leadership and his his demeanor back back at a plate, and like you say, his stats weren't all that great, but he came up with some pretty big clutch hits for him throughout the year in different situations. But that's my vote for the unsung player of the year for the Brewers. So, all
3: right, we get it. That makes uh, I I I think that makes sense. Uh, the Brewers, by the way, last saw Colorado on August the fifth. They won two out of three in Milwaukee, and prior to that, they won um, I believe two out of three in Colorado. All things being equal. Right? Like if
4: if you oh, there re- were 3 out of 4 in Colorado, 5 out of 7 overall. Okay, if you really feel that um everything's equal and it doesn't really matter who you face, then I guess I'd rather face the Rockies. <laughs> right? It, it, because back to what that guy on Twitter said, uh, I went back December and October. the uh, The Cubs are sixteen and thirteen.
3: Yeah, so there's a and, and there's Couple a games difference. Uh, you know, I don't, we haven't seen enough of of the Rockies pitching overall. To there's a lot of familiarity with the Cubs. There's a ton. Listen, the, the cool thing is you don't have a choice. Whoever wins tonight, we don't so get you to get, choose. Yeah. Nope. Who else do you want to talk to? What else do you want to know? How About Jim and Oshkosh. Hi, Jim.
8: Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. Hey, I would. I'm kind of echoing on uh, that. That was an email or, or or what? But anyways, uh, I would go with the Rockies, and it has nothing to do with X and O's or stats. It, it's totally my disdain for the Cubs. Um, I would love to see them lose again at Wrigley and kind of face a little humiliation. And plus, the fact that you know the Brewers are one of the teams that beat them. Um, so that's that's kind of my deal with that. Plus, if the if the gift is present, the Brewers, the national media. For some reason, I just have a feeling the national media is going to fall over the fall all over the Cubs, and we're not going to hear much about the Brewers' stories. And I, I think if it's, the, if it's the Rockies, I think it'll be a little better, a uh, little more fifty fifty coverage.
4: I get what he's saying there. Like you know, if the it, Cubs, if it's Cubs and Brewers, the storyline is if the Cubs lose, why did the Cubs lose? But if the instead of why did the Brewers win? right, that's yeah. more of the national coverage. I'll
3: give you an NBA comparison. You want a little NBA comparison? Sure. Brewers and Rockies would be put on NBA TV. Well, they're being put on MLB Network, right? No, they're on FS1. Well, on, on Sunday. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I, you know, Major League Baseball doesn't have that option to put them on NBA TV. You know, when the Bucks are on NBA TV in the playoffs, that means it's the least attractive matchup. Brewers-Rockies is the least attractive matchup for the Networks. For sure. So they're buried. As much as you can bury them.
4: You want another phone call? Yep. Al in Wausau.
3: Hi, Al. Hey, what's up,
8: guys? Hey. Um, I, want, I want to play the Cubs again. Uh, let's ruin their season even more. And their bullpen is terrible. I truly think that they're a good matchup for us at this point in our season. Uh, and a side note uh, about the scheduling. Um, the Sunday game is on the N- MLB
9: network. That is horrible for a lot of people that don't get that station. Uh, I think that's going to be a big problem along with the times. At least it's after the Packer game, though.
3: Yeah, I I get it. Uh, That does bother me, but I always understand how the NBA does it, why they do it, because they're trying to up the subscription numbers. I mean, that's what they're doing. There's a business reason behind it. I have a bigger issue with the weekday matinees in the playoffs than I do with the MLB Network. I understand the purpose there. Um, And their broadcast partners are NFL partners. So when you're playing on Sunday, it limits their opportunity because Fox is a big partner, and you can't throw games on Fox.
8: Yeah, I, I get that, but it's just—I mean—the Brewers' game's kind of taking precedent over the Packers right now, and I just feel like MLB Network's going to have a lot of people struggling to see the game unless they go to the
4: bar.
2: Yeah.
8: Um, but I'd like to end the Cubs season again, guys. That was so much fun the other night, and they are just their their fans are losing it right now, and I'd like to make them um, save even more.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of pucker going on in Chicago and and the Cubs Nation, their fan base. Now, listen, there's some issues that have been um, not buried, but certainly not headline material that they would have been otherwise in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and the head coach Mike McCarthy. How big is the rift? How important is the rift? Bill Huber, PackerReport.com, thinks there is significance here. He'll join us when we come back statewide on the Mike Heller Show. our Green and Gold Insider joins a couple of days a week on the program, Tuesdays and Thursdays, brought to you by Schwartz Insurance. Schwartz Insurance, be sure. Bill, uh, you know, yesterday's one of those days where, certainly in Green Bay, the Fox River Valley, uh, which is where I was yesterday, the storyline still ends up being the Packers, but it did get buried a bit by what was going on with Game 163 in Chicago. Otherwise, I think the headline is Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy. and, And I think you think this is a fairly significant Rift. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. How, what do you make of this situation?
9: Well, I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, Rogers. Rogers doesn't talk um, without thinking things through first. He just not wanting to go shoot off his mouth. So, um, for him to say that the plan um, was part of the problem by the plan, of course would be the game plan, and the game plan, of course, originates uh, on Mike McCarthy's desk, right? So. For Rodgers to come into a press conference, um, wanting to get that out, I, I think that's a big deal. Um, this is, you know, McCarthy's talked about um, conflict is good. He's talked about it since 2006 when he took over the job. Um, but conflict is probably only good if it's only happening, you know, in the coach's office. It, it can't happen in the media. So for Rodgers to come out and basically put conflict out into the media, that, that is not a good thing. Um, I thought. McCarthy it was a very measured approach yesterday. I don't I mean he didn't. There's no more words from him, um, so I, I thought that was probably the expected thing. But you know, he answered the questions. My gosh, you must have asked him six or eight questions on the topic, and he didn't dodge any of them. Like if he dodged them, he didn't answer them. But I mean, he, he didn't get grouchy about it. It's like he knew what was coming. So yeah, I think it's a big deal only because you know it's Aaron Rodgers talking, and like I said a couple times here, Rodgers doesn't talk without thinking his way through things first.
3: You know, I I look at this, and independent of Rodgers' comments and independent of how McCarthy handled it, I really had no issue with how the Packers approached their offense on Sunday. Uh, No, I I don't either. They they tried to really work hard to establish the ground game, and it was a little bit boring, but they did that. I didn't think Aaron Rodgers was very good on Sunday. I thought he missed open throws. I thought he moved really well, but I thought he missed on some throws. And I don't mind not having the splashy headline, the forty nine point win, if you're still working through some of the processes and not showing anything. Because they were it was like an exhibition game in some ways. It was really vanilla.
9: Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, you know we've talked about this. Um they need to run the football. I mean, I mentioned it to Rogers at his locker last Wednesday. That don't don't you feel like they need to run the football to make your life easier. And, and he said, well, I, I, don't, I don't need my life easier. And I'm here to, you know, they pay me yada, yada, yada. But man, I went through the numbers in my big preview on Friday where and they, they they had run the football less than almost every team in the league. They had run it less on first down than almost every team in the league. So here you got team that's not running it on first down. And their first down offense in general stinks. So therefore their third down offense stinks because they've just been saying, it's not math, right? If you throw an incomplete pass on the first down, it is now second and ten. Tough stuff there, right? So I thought they, I thought they needed to run the ball. Um, I think McCarthy agreed they needed to run the ball, so they ran the ball and it worked. Um, they ran the ball well. Um, they ran probably more play action than they have all year. Um, the play action worked. So, yeah, I, I didn't have a great issue with it either. I mean, they dropped five passes. Um, Rodgers turned it over twice. Um, those are issues that probably had nothing to do with the play caller.
4: Uh, So does that mean a guy like Aaron Jones, in your opinion, needs more carries in the two games he's played since coming back from suspension, 17 carries over a hundred yards and a touchdown.
9: It's getting there. Um, I think we talked about it last week where I thought it was unrealistic for Jones to play a lot that first game back, just because he missed so much of training camp and then he was suspended. So I mean, you really want to give a guy 30 snaps who hasn't played. Um, So I understood that, you know, on Sunday, he played 29 snaps, Jamal Williams played 28, Tom Montgomery played 20. Um, and one of Jones' possessions was, um, was the Aaron Rodgers interception. So that possession ended up for two plays. So, you know, if that's an eight-play drive, you know, Jones presumably plays all of those. And now we're looking at Jones playing, you know, 10 more snaps than everybody else. So I, I think it gives you a different feel of things. So, yeah, I, I think Jones is trending that way. I still think pass protection is a problem here. Um, there's one where Rodgers just got hammered. Um, a blitz right up the middle, and when you look at the way all the offensive linemen move to the right, um, and sort of Aaron Jones. Um, so a guy came right to the left of Lane Taylor. So just judging by the way the line moved, I'm guessing that was Jones's guy, and that's going to get a guy uh, limited or up. So you get the quarterback killed, right? So then that's that's kind of the ongoing issue. But I mean, as a ball carrier, I mean, you don't need me to tell you he's the best guy. I mean, anybody with a little pair of eyes can see that.
3: Talking with Bill Huber, PackerReport.com, joining us on the Mike Heller Show. When Aaron was pressed in postgame, and, and you were in there, um, he, I think uh, Spoon uh, pressed him and said, is that about um, reads, play calls, uh, whatever? And and he said it's about the plan. And he was talking about not having Devontae Adams, who probably should have had 20 targets on Sunday. Um it is that's a bit out there, right? I mean, maybe that's the moment at, at which people started to to get the feeling, oh, wait, no, he's taking a shot at the coach.
9: Yeah. I mean, I saw things like veiled criticism on Twitter. No. That's <laughs> a direct that. shot at the plan. That's a direct shot, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I get it to some extent, but look, this is week four against Buffalo. Do you really need to get Devontae Adams 20 targets?
3: That was, that's the point I was just making earlier. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with them being a little bit more generic. What are, the, what are you doing? And you're really trying to establish the ground game, which I had no problem with.
9: Right. This is the NFC Championship game or something where you're playing some great team. And you need to play the best game of the season to win. Buffalo stinks, and that was pretty evident early in the game that their offense was just miserable, and they, would, they could have played for six hours and not scored. So what would have been the point of giving Devontae Adams 20 targets? Get some of those other guys involved. Then you know maybe the ball should have gone to you know the veldes scantlings of the world more, I and mean, you know maybe they should have even ran the ball even more than they did. Yeah, um, I, I, it, yeah here, if all the ball it, teams want to get Adams twenty touches, that just seems like probably the wrong one.
3: You want a, you want a blazing hot take, Johnny? Have hot take music or anything?
4: Um... I'm Britney Spears. No, it's not my hot take. Oh, not Britney Spears?
3: And that's not hot take music either. Uh, Don't worry about it. I don't, okay. Uh, But I do have a hot take on this. I I thought Roger's comments um, were very selfish. I thought uh, it was one of the rare times that it was, uh, I think it was about stats. I think it was about the opportunity to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. And I think I thought it was a selfish... Move on Rogers' part post game. I think he, he threw his coach under the bus in a game that ultimately they went twenty two nothing. And I thought uh, my hot take on this: I thought Rogers was being selfish.
9: Yeah, I was not in on Rogers on Sunday. Uh, I was you know locker room goes on at the same time. So between me myself and you know Jason Wilby and Robert Mops we kind of split up. So I was not in there. But you know Wednesday or t- tomorrow the locker is going to be interesting when Rogers talks. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I want I I, I want to know I want to know why I want you know, if you wanted to get Adams twenty targets, length, why why didn't you just throw the ball twenty times? I mean, ultimately he's the guy throwing the football, so yeah, there, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions, and I have a feeling Rodgers is going to shut down tomorrow. I think he's going to say that we are um, taking out of context or misreading what he was saying, yeah, yeah. Um, because he never, he didn't say Mike McCarthy by name, so he's kind of giving himself the out, but. Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting tomorrow. I'm not I'm not, I'm not sure what he's going to say. I'm sure he'll be very well prepared for what's
3: to come. Yeah, and, and my last uh, take on this is I also think that this is not bad for the Packers. This is uh, a week four into week five motivational moment. Uh, this uh, actually should help them rolling forward. Uh, what else are you working on that we can see at uh, PackerReport.com this week?
9: Well, I'm going for some stats. I like, I like my stats. So, you know, McCarthy always says that after the first four games, you can kind of get a gauge on some things. So I'm I'm kind of digging through, like, four games of notes and putting some stuff together. So, frankly, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'll, I'll have something later tonight.
3: I'll look forward to it either way. Bill, we uh, we appreciate it. Bill. Bill, we appreciate it. Thank appreciate
1: you. Your, appreciate your hot takes.
3: <laughs> Bill Huber, okay. PackerReport.com, joining us a couple of days a week, brought to you by Schwartz Insurance. Schwartz Insurance, John, be sure. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be sure, Schwartz Insurance, it allows you to be sure. No guesswork. Got it. Get You understand what I'm saying? Statewide, this is The Mike Heller Show.
0: They're the end crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. The Outsiders. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. The Outsiders. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get
3: Into the second hour of the program. We're going to be a little busy this hour. We've got Don Banks coming up here in a moment, taking us around the NFL. We just delayed that move by a day because yesterday was all about 163. Jeff Patricus will join us in about 20 minutes. We'll spend most of our time talking Badgers, and we'll see if he lives up to his end of the bargain on the script that I wrote out yesterday. When, you know, I get people saying, hey, Patricus. Gonna eat some crow, you know. Patricus doesn't ever sit down for a meal of crow. That's never happened in his world. He is uh, he is a vulture. He waits for the people he knows that you know that he has a relationship with me. I mean, and it's a friendly back and forth. Although sometimes I think it's less friendly than he thinks it is. But it's a friendly back and forth where he takes his run at people he knows that are hurting because their team lost. All right, so that can be Jonathan Brust it, it, with the Cubs. It can be me with the Brewers. Uh, but there's nothing that Patrickus doesn't have a fan interest. So it's it's a absolutely a one way street where he's concerned. He does take his run after those. Um, you know, he's like an ambulance chaser. He ta- he goes after the people that have been in a little bit of a wreck, and then uh, he takes on their situation and has some fun with it. And I never take it too seriously. But there's nothing you can do in return. He's never going to eat crow. There is no crow. He doesn't eat crow. There's no crow in tacos. I don't think. Depends on where you go. Uh, so we welcome you in second hour of the program here on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm Mike. That's John Audis right over there. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? We're both wearing white headphones. You notice that when I went to the whites? Well, I mean,
4: Copy you view. copied me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: You're going to start wearing these kind of glasses? Yeah, I, yeah? I
4: definitely need some new glasses for yeah. sure. Probably copy your frames.
3: Uh, we're going to get to our big Ford 4 in a bit, but let's welcome in Don Banks, theathletic.com, patriots.com, brought to you by Metro Ford of Madison, where you get two years prepaid maintenance on any new or used car purchase, Metro Ford of com. Hello, Don Banks. How are you? I'm good, Mike. I th- I was sure that Yastrzemski was going to come through. I still remember it. I'm sitting, yeah. and I'm watching at home, and it's the, it's the playoff game against the Yankees, and I was just certain... That Yaz would come through, and he didn't. Isn't it funny that all these years, forty years later, I can still remember that moment.
8: Yeah, you, you can see Nettles catching that final foul pop, uh, and kind of letting the ball come all the way down to his shoulder. Yeah, to his shoulder. Yeah, I um, I, I I've thought about that game a lot in the last forty years. I, I I didn't wake up remembering that it was forty years. I looked it up, and I was like, son of a gun. Uh, I had just finished a, reading a book about a month ago that kind of recounted the whole pennant race and the, um, the the game in detail. And I thought I'm going to throw that out there and find out what everyone else was up to uh, forty years ago this afternoon. After telling them what I was doing, which was coming home from high school my junior year, watching that game up on, in my bedroom by myself in a in a tiny little uh, I don't know whatever it was twelve ten inch black and white, black and white yeah so it's uh, it's uh, it is a memory that I found spawned a lot of, a lot of reaction out there on Twitter this afternoon. Yeah, and, uh a few of the proverbial "I wasn't born yet," which is superfluous, but yeah, you, you get a lot of that with Twitter.
3: And that's uh, pre wild card, so one game playoff, a right? game one sixty three was no safety net. The loser was done, and that's that was the case uh, that year with the uh, Bucky Denton and the Red Sox and Yankees. Well, let, let's bring you back uh, now to the NFL. Let's talk about the most recent occurrence, and that is uh, what we saw again last night, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, again, late drive, and he's doing some things that are that that must see for the NFL. Like, if he's on, I'm going to pay attention now. He's that kind of a guy.
8: He is. Um, I think we saw two or three throws last night that just made you, it gave you that wow moment, you know. Not only the left-handed throw, which I like into, do better than anything Tim Tebow ever managed from that side um, <laughs> of the ledger but yeah, yeah. Um, that that cross the body back to the right um there's something different about the ball when he throws it for it arrives there very rapidly it's in a tiny little window and you know i've I've kind of I've been watching all the hype building about him and saying, "Okay, let's you know let's see him struggle that first time." And he kind of, you know, the first half he didn't very little, and he had adversity in the fourth quarter, down ten, and he brought his team back in a tough place to play against a very good defense. What I loved was they they chased him all over the field, but they they couldn't catch him, and he still made great throws. It's, in some ways, he makes better throws on the run than he does from the pocket, which is saying something. So he's a, he is must-see TV already, and um, Andy Reid knew what he was doing.
3: It, I mean, it's too early, right? Four games into the first year that he's a, a true full-time starter after you know, his last year kind of learning a little bit of what's going on. It's too early, but why does his game translate when others who have played that style in college have not translated to play that way at the NFL?
8: Maybe his accuracy, uh, his arm strength is special, and um, I really like the fact that he is—he's creative. He's just very. Um, he, 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 some guys are playmakers, and I don't know exactly why you capitalize the P in, in this in this case, but he's just a playmaker, and I think he has has just real good football intu- intuition, and he has an instinct for where to go with the ball and. And and how he has to get it delivered into a tight window in a very short period of time. I, I don't see a guy that has a lot of indecision out there. I see when things break down in front of him, he sees the field start to slow down and, and not speed up and look chaotic.
3: Why is Pittsburgh such a train wreck now with the Le'Veon Bell deal coming in later, which is just a um, kind of a, a essentially a disaster for the team, I think, uh, and what they've done on the field? They just seem to be an abject disaster. What's going on? Yeah.
8: I, I mean, I, I don't know why. I, I just know that they've let things slip the last two, three years that we just didn't associate with the Steelers and a tightly run ship and a model franchise. It's just become... You know, entirely too drama filled. And I think, you know, I, again, I like Mike Tomlin. I think he's a good coach, but I think he's let the stars on that team, um, hold too much sway for quite a while. And once you kind of let that, um, genie out of the bottle, it's, it's hard to ever get it back. It's, you know, you, you don't usually rein in that type of situation. Just feels like the, the superstar in Pittsburgh has an inordinate say in what's going on and seems to have the freedom and, and feel like they can say and do almost anything. And I think that generally sets a bad example. And long-term, it usually bites you in the butt.
3: Right now, at the quarter poll of the season, the Rams and the Chiefs are the uh, the 2-4-0 and teams. Uh, it likely doesn't hold that those will be the two best teams in January but what have you learned that might be different than those two teams being at the top when it's all said and done?
8: You mean which other teams I think could, yeah. could threaten them? Well, I think the Saints are kind of laying in the weeds right now, but they're playing really good football. They obviously lost their opener at home to a, a very um, surprising Tampa Bay team that's already had the bubble burst. But um, they seem to be a team that I think at 3-1 and one that is well-positioned Starting to really put things together now. They get Mark Ingram back in the backfield after the four-game suspension. Haven't suffered a lot of injuries that I that I can remember. Um, the Saints are a team I I, I think that could be there and slug it out with the Rams on any you know given playoff day and 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 come out alive. Um, in in the AFC, um, boy, it's hard to find a team you're really you know excited about i mean obviously you can't forget new england after watching 38 to 7 against miami yeah, yeah. um on sunday but um put, putting them aside right now maybe the bengals i mean they are they are three and one that people didn't expect and the, the offense has looked really like it can answer almost any score by the opponent i'd, I'd have to say that they're worth keeping an eye on with the caveat that I I picked Baltimore to win the AFC North and and so far they're living up to it three and one and 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 the win at Pittsburgh
3: did the NFL uh, walk back their roughing the passer calls this last weekend at least statistically they did did they walk yeah. that back a bit
8: yeah it's the same routine Mike yeah. they'll they'll never admit it they make changes without tacitly admitting their changes I think they clearly sent the message to the if the, the game referees and the officials. Don't call it unless you're certain. Let's get the Clay Matthews against Kirk Cousins hit out out of our um, out of our game in in the sense that they don't want to see that flagged. So I think they made the change just just as they made the non-change with the lowering the helmet rule in preseason, and the numbers dropped dramatically between uh, week two and three. Um, it's it, it wasn't surprising. I know there was a call that was against. Uh, I want to say Oakland against Baker Mayfield in the Cleveland-Oakland game that a lot of people thought was pretty light. But I don't think it's any coincidence that we're really not talking about roughing the passer for the first time in about three or four weeks.
3: Uh, Take us through the play clock uh, that expired last night. I know it's an issue in in the Monday nighter, obviously, because it's prime time. Um, were there was there not an ability to challenge that? And if it is, is that is it not a challengeable call in the National Football League?
8: I, I don't believe it is. Um,
3: but you can challenge twelve men on the field, where they can go back and see if the twelfth man was on the field. But you can't challenge play clock.
8: I don't believe you can challenge play clock. Play clock. It's uh, one of those rules that silly. we don't even understand. Right is out there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I don't. Sorry? I don't get it. Hey, it's just silly to me. I I, I don't get it. It's, it is it,
8: silly it is silly but you know i i don't want to say it was split hairs it was yeah. it was it was fairly obvious but they did slow it down and line it up there's always been kind of that half second mechanical for the time it takes um for them to see it recognize it and call it and i think it was within kind of that you know whatever you want to say that that heartbeat that one beat of uh of you know this is so close i could call it when you slow it down and freeze it you can see it um, that's really not why Denver didn't hold on to the lead. But I understand. Yeah, I understand the angst.
3: Yeah, and and last thought here, and that and that is about uh, what we've seen so far from the Cleveland Browns, which they seem to be a pretty darn exciting team to watch. But uh, Hugh Jackson and that staff has, you could see them being four and zero right now, couldn't you?
8: No, it it wouldn't be a stretch at all. I mean, they are their. It's kinda of like they they keep both teams in the game at all times. <laughs> right. You know? It's like that no one's ever eliminated. Um I wrote a piece before the season started that the Browns are relevant again. I think that's I think that's the only way you can put it. They're relevant. They're, they're still a little bit of the old Browns that they have to fight off each and every game. But you can see the talent, you can see the potential. Um you look up and they're they're one, two and one and you're like H- how? They could be four and um, but they're the Browns, and I guess they're not going to shirk that in a, in one short month of regular season football.
3: Would it be any fun if we had our Brewers and your Red Sox in a World Series this year?
8: I would take that. Well, I mean, we're, aren't we talking, uh, number one versus number one? Yeah. If that was the case? Right. Yeah. Um, home field versus home field. Yeah. That would be, that would be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, who knows? Postseason baseball is a total crapshoot.
2: Yeah, it is. If you had to
8: talk to me um, on Saturday after the second straight bad loss to the Yankees, I was thinking New York's going to win the first round in four, but Oakland could win that game easily tomorrow night, and uh, the Yankees could be put to sleep for the for the winter. So we'll see. I was rooting for the Brew Crew yesterday. I know that it was. It was great to see, and I like um, I like a little changing of the guard
3: well in the center. And the Brewers uh, fans, including us, are having that question of who they'd rather see: Colorado or Chicago. As a Red Sox guy, who would you rather see? Your longtime bitter I, rival or the Oakland A's?
8: It's absolutely easy for me. The the pain of losing to the A's w- would be nothing compared to the pain of the right. losing to the Yankees. So, so, so I, about... I will take. Yeah, it's absolutely all about. Uh, my pain, and I would not want to get eliminated. I would not want to get eliminated by the Yankees. I would think a Brewers fan would feel the same way about the Cubs, especially after vanquishing the Cubs yesterday. You really don't want to go then stare them down again. Yeah, why would you
3: want to? Yeah, I I totally get it. We are of like minds. Uh, Don Banks, we always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks guys. Don Banks theathletic.com, patriots.com as well as time here brought to you by metroford dot madison.com.
4: Doesn't that make sense? Yes, every I was just going to say. So, Brewers fans are not alone. Every fan base does not want to lose to its rival. And it's more about the pain than it is the the pain is greater yes, than you, the joy is great. Yep, you think about like would it be awesome if the Red Sox beat the Yankees in, in Heck Don's yeah. case? Like he would love that. Would it be great if the Brewers eliminated the Cubs? It would be amazing. But on the flip side, like that isn't as good, or it doesn't reach the same level as what it would feel like if you got eliminated. And because of the
3: unique circumstance of this, the Brewers have already eliminated the Cubs. Eliminated. As eliminated. I, eliminated. As well, I it's just like said. emojis. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, so the the Brewers have already done it once to the Cubs. That should be enough for the moment, I guess. I'd rather see the Rockies because, to Don's words, I agree. The pain of having the Cubs then uh, potentially eliminate the Brewers in the DS is too much. So are you on record then? Rockies? I want the the Rockies. That's the matchup you want? There's (laughs) more juice in the Cubs series, but I want the Rockies. Too painful if the Cubs were then to turn around and eliminate the Brewers.
4: No, I don't know what it's been like. Especially if they did it in Milwaukee. I don't know what it's been like recently, uh, like within the last month or whatever. Um, but I was looking up team ERAs because I was trying to figure out, okay, doesn't it really come down to because Quintana still scares me um, as as a fan of the Brewers. So I said, okay, what about like team ERAs? How's that look? And I, like I said, I don't know how it compares to like if that's just a, a hot start for a team and then they finished uh, poorly. The Cubs are second in the NL and team ERA. The Rockies are 12th. I don't know what that stat means in the whole grand yeah. scheme of things of 162 games, but maybe I want the Rockies.
3: Maybe you do. Maybe I want the Rockies. Uh, you want to uh, take a break here and get to Jeff Patrikas?
4: We'll skip our big four-four. More than you ever. That?
3: You're, it, that's a lot
4: of want to, to get to our interview with Jeff Patrikas. How is he going to address the elephant in the room, which is the Brewers beating the Cubs? Who brings it up? He won't bring it up. You have to bring it up. He, he'll sit back and be like, oh, we're talking about your football. He will, I guarantee you he won't bring it up on the air. Well, let's see. Well, if he doesn't, do I? For sure. How? Because people want to hear You this.
3: figure out a way to, for me to bring it up without... Because I, I, I mean, I could write Patricus's script. He is in the power seat here. You know, if you have to make the first move in tic-tac-toe, you lose. Is it the other way around? This is the Mike Heller Show. to visit with our Badgers inside of Jeff Patrick's, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online. What'd you do with your bi-week? You go vacation somewhere, lay out in the sun in Phoenix or something? Jeff?
6: I wrote stories pretty much every day.
3: Oh, you were working while well, you were not working.
6: Yeah, right? I know that's a foreign term to you. I, I understand that.
3: Working but... all the time, Jeff. Snap. Working all the time. Snap. Is that what you said? You give him... I like he's just taking yeah. a shot. No, that's what he does. Um, Alright, so let's... Uh, let, Obviously, Nebraska is coming in this week, and we've talked about this a little bit uh, over the last few weeks. Nebraska is not ready yet. I mean, Scott Frost has some work to do with the Cornhuskers. They're just not very good right now, right?
6: Yeah, they've got some individual players with some talent. Uh, The quarterback, Adrian Martinez. uh, The tailback, um, Zigbo, Nice linebacker, Mohamed Barry. Uh, really nice uh, corner who battled Purdue's guys all last week. Um, but overall, uh, the talent level isn't what Frost wants it to be. The strength level isn't, you know, physical strength isn't what he wants to be. He, he mentioned that in Chicago uh, down for the preseason meetings. And, you know, they're, they've are they had double-digit penalties in every game, and they are not good enough to overcome that. In mean, the Purdue game last week, there were six first downs they gave away. They kept drives alive with penalties. Five of them were personal fouls. you just you're not going to win games against anybody against anybody doing that
3: what is uh what is the benefit biggest benefit maybe for Wisconsin with the timing of what you don't control, but having a bye week from a health standpoint
6: uh, the two guys who jump up more than anybody else would be uh van Ginko and xander Neville, um, both of them had ankle issues um, you know both of them played just a handful of plays against Iowa, and you could tell. They weren't 100%. They were just trying to give the team something. So those guys in particular needed it. Um, remember Tyler Biatish, the center. He went down in that game as well. So I'm sure he didn't mind having a week off to rest up his ankle injury. So, and, you know, it, it, you're, you're, the only time guys will tell you this, the only time you're really healthy is the first day of camp. Yeah. So guys got a chance to kind of kick back and relax mentally as well. Um, and then prepare for what's going to be a grind as they try to the division title.
3: Jeff, what did you make of the, the way it wrapped up, finished with Penn State, Ohio State uh, in Happy Valley on Saturday night? Some of the criticism, I think, warranted at, uh, at Franklin on the, the final call. What did you make of the result?
6: Well, uh, you know, Franklin, you know, talked about it after the game. But uh, the Associated press got a hold of the offensive coordinator, which is rare because Franklin doesn't let his you know, coordinators talk. I mean, if he lets his assistants talk. But uh, the guy explained what his thought press was, said, you know, made a bad play call. Um, I think that was kind of obvious. I mean, you, the kid they gave the ball to hadn't been effective running the ball all night. The biggest thing is, if you call a pass play with Trace McSorley and it breaks down, you've got his feet to help yeah. bail you out, either by running it or maybe buying time and finding an open
7: receiver, which he... Lucky Land Casino, asking
10: people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
7: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Ah-ha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
7: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
6: You had done effectively all game. Um, So you basically took your probably most effective offensive weapon out of the equation um and i don't care if ohio state stunted into it that was not a good call but that said they should have built up a bigger lead early in the game than they did um with some execution issues that that were prevalent so uh, the game was lost at the end but also early when they didn't build up a big enough lead and then they give up you know two quick scoring plays scoring drives excuse
3: me the, is the result good bad or indifferent for badger fans
6: well, if you want to look down the road and say if this happens and that happens and that happens, and if Wisconsin goes unbeaten, and they face Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Maybe they can get into the playoffs, but that's, that's so far down the road. It's it's foolish to speculate. But yes, that would be the only benefit uh, if you want to if you want to look at it from that perspective.
3: As I watched Penn State play earlier this year, I wasn't as impressed. Um, I don't know what your thoughts were. Were you more impressed? Is it more of an, uh, you know, that they're a, an elite team right now, by, based on what you saw?
6: Well, let's let's look ahead to when Wisconsin is going to play them in, in Happy Valley. That offense is going to give Wisconsin's defense issues, both with McSorley, with him throwing the ball to some receivers who are probably going to be looking their chops against Wisconsin secondary when they look at the tape. Um, so that's one thing. Now, the thing that you have to remember, people said, well, Penn State's defense didn't do this and didn't do that, which is true, but I would say it was averaging more than 50 points a game coming in. So it's not like they gave up a ton of stuff all night long. They just had a couple, that stretch where they had that 26 14 lead and they gave up the two drives um, killed them, when they, especially since they should have had a bigger lead to begin with.
3: Yeah, and I think this is really interesting. Um, Two weeks from now um, at Michigan, well, 10 days, 12 days from now, whatever that is, at Michigan, which is now a night game, and uh, Wisconsin's got uh, a difficult road ahead. After the bye week, we kind of knew with Nebraska, but then road games, that uh, there would be some questions, and the defense is probably the biggest of those. How How much better can they get? How much better do they need to get?
6: Yeah, for example, if I'm Michigan, I look at Wisconsin's front seven, and I say, I'm going to attack the edges of that defense. I'm going to test their down linemen. I'm going to test the edges, that we're going to pound the ball at them until they submit. That's what I would. my game plan would be. If I'm Penn State, I open it up and say, you know what, we're going to attack that secondary. They haven't generated a lot of pass rush. We're going, to, we're going to go at them. We're going to make big plays. We're going to throw the ball down the field and see if they can hold up. And, you know, don't forget about Purdue. I mean, Purdue's got a really nice offense, some playmakers on that team, a quarterback who's playing really well right now. Again, we talked before the season, and that was one game that we said, hey, don't just think that's going to be a walkover when they go to West Lafayette. It won't be. And do we even need to go into the history of Wisconsin teams down in Evanston, Illinois? No, I don't no. think so.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, how will you spend your Thursday and Friday late afternoons? I mean, busy times, right? Double dipping, worried, worried about one thing, writing about another?
6: Thursday and Friday. Uh, well, Friday will be at an athletic board meeting. Uh, Thursday I'll be writing probably some get my Saturday stuff done early. Okay. If I can, like I do every week. Why? Right.
3: Well just the mm. four oh seven Thursday, three fifteen Friday.
6: What are you talking uh, about?
3: Those are times. Yeah, those
6: are times in the Yeah, afternoon. I, I kinda got yeah. that one. Yeah. Times yeah. to do.
3: Um no, just all right. No, no worries. Uh just thought I'd no, bring it up.
6: Seriously, what what are you talking about?
3: Uh, The National League uh, Central Division champion, Milwaukee Brewers. will. I won't
6: be watching them. I didn't watch the two games yesterday. I won't be watching them.
4: Come on, just a little bit. You'll tune in Sunday. No,
3: I'll be working. Did yesterday's result just bring you a little bit of joy?
6: Yes, I was glad to see the Dodgers win because I knew Melissa Kim from Channel 3 would be excited about that. (laughs) What about your mom? Uh, You know what? I just visited her and I didn't even talk to her about it, but she'll be pumped to see the Yankees play tomorrow. And she'll be probably cheering for the Rockies tonight because she hates all things Chicago.
3: But she does like the Brewers.
6: Why can't you no, admit she that? She likes to see the home teams go, but trust see me. Thank you. She, she prefers the Yankees over the Brewers, and she prefers football over baseball and basketball over
3: baseball. Well, see, no, there's no conflict at, at 4.07 on Thursday afternoon and 3.15 on
6: Friday uh, afternoon. She'll be gearing up for the Thursday night football game. <laughs> Patriots, so trust me, she'll be tailgating. <laughs> she'll have no interest in baseball.
3: Uh, did you reach out to your boy Jonathan Brust and throw a little dagger his way?
6: No, I didn't. I didn't watch the games. I didn't know who won, so I looked at Twitter late that night.
3: Well, it's funny, because had the Brewers lost, I'm certain I would have gotten a note.
6: No, I, w- I was working. I was working all day. Hmm. What was hmm. yesterday? Monday, yes. Yeah. It was a long work day, so no. Just a I did lot. not watch. There Just... were two games, right? Yes, there were. Hey, time okay.
4: Wasn't there a potential, I don't know, did you guys ever follow through? Wasn't there an NL Central bet? With you, yeah, and, because he he wouldn't he wouldn't go. I wouldn't out and win take him. it. You right wouldn't off, take it. You would have won. won. Oh, this could have been a glorious interview today. It, it could have, but I wasn't
3: going to take it because I there's nothing on the line. Negative for him.
6: <laughs> you just didn't want to. You you were fearful of having to wear the shirt again.
4: No, well, and, yeah, and, of course I. And am, that
6: has been that has been the high point of your career. Didn't um, you
4: say you would have gone all out in a Brewers uniform? Yes,
6: I would have had fun with it. That's what. Why not?
4: Well,
3: let's uh, if they meet again in the NLDS, let's talk.
6: I'm sure you'll bring it up.
3: <laughs>
6: Can I go back to work now? I got yeah. Go, go to work. Football. We'll uh, we'll football see you at Camp Randall
3: Stadium on Saturday.
6: Oh, can't wait!
3: Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> you get so excited when can't we get we, uh, <laughs> we get to see each other in person. Jeff Patricus of the Milwaukee <laughs> Journal Sentinel, JS Online, oh, joining man. us. Uh, We've got room for you now because uh, we knew we were going to get busy there. Tom Hardercourt will join us at uh, 520 today. I'm interested to see how they'll put their roster together. Uh, They don't have to do that until after tonight's games. I don't know what that timing is, but I believe it's tomorrow morning by 10 a.m. or something like that. Uh, But the Brewers have to trim down to a 25-man roster for the NLDS. Uh, We'll visit with Tom Hardercourt about that at 520. But we have room for you here now. And there's a rivalry question that has resurfaced, that I'm in a Twitter fight. That's nah, it's not really a fight. The Brewers rivalry? With the Cubs. Yeah. A little back and forth. Great. I won't share
4: my, my combatant. Why? Let's hear it. Well, I want to hear what's going on on Twitter. You can't just say that. You're having a Twitter fight. You got to well, tell me about it.
3: Yeah, I, I do want to explain this and my view on it. We'll get to some of that and uh, talk a little brewers and who they might meet. We'll get to your phone calls, 877-729-1070, as you are listening statewide to The Mike Heller Show. Take
2: a little chance.
3: So, went a little back and forth with Dan Needles, who you hear on our Milwaukee station during the midday programming, if you're listening on the Big 920. Uh, he tweeted out yesterday, Interesting how many Brewers fans got into Wrigley today. Wonder how Cole Hamels feels about that. Hashtag, it's not a rivalry. Uh, there's another Milwaukee radio show host that said um, that Cole Hamels was 200% accurate. When he said it's not a rivalry, and then uh, ripped this joint on Twitter, frayed, torn, uh, said uh, that that guy was right. Imagine Packer fans selling their Lambo seats to Bear fans in September. That is a rivalry. He sent that to me. That's BS. You cannot compare eight home games to eighty-one home games. You cannot compare ninety minutes to two and a half hours as far as drive time or three hours. You cannot compare nine and a half million people metro in Chicago that can't get tickets to Wrigley Field without breaking into their 401k but can get tickets to Miller Park and buy those tickets in February or March when they first go on sale because they know they're going to get baseball.
4: Yeah, how many? can't compare those two. How many home games against the Cubs? Well, they
3: played 19 times during the regular season. I don't know so, which, uh, if, if it was 10 nine, in Milwaukee and ten, or 10 some, in
4: Chicago this year. Whatever. Anyway, the point is that's as many home games as the Packers have all season. All it's more. Season. You, unless you, you have, include the exhibition you have games. more home games against the Cubs than the Packers have home
3: games. So here's here's my point on this: the the Cubs really kind of owned the stadium for one game in the Labor Day weekend. Just I mean, really, it was it was the the one game that they really had a dominant presence at. The other games, uh, they have a a fairly significant presence. But what was yesterday? What was yesterday at Wrigley? 75-25? Cubs?
4: I have no idea what it was. All I know is... Saturday, there was a lot of noise when the Brewers did good things. At one time uh, during the radio broadcast, Duker said every time you hear chance of MVP, which you do for Yelich, they kind of get drowned out by Go Cubs Go. Yeah. So obviously more Cubs fans, but right. there was a great strong showing but by But don't Brewers.
3: compare the Packers-Bears thing to that. I mean, I, I tweeted back, I have apples, I have oranges. It's just different. And those aren't excuses. Those are reasons. There's a difference in sports between excuses and reasons. And this is a tremendous rivalry. Is it Cubs-Cardinals? Probably not it just isn't because there's not as much history the brewers flipped to the national league cubs and cardinals have always been opposite one another forever and ever the the brewers are essentially latecomers to the national league but if you're at, if you're saying to me that cole Hamels is right and this is not a rivalry because the cubs do buy brewers tickets at miller park I I think that's silly.
4: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I think to live in that world is—I think that's a little uh, crazy town. The attendance, the attendance versus the rivalry—they don't. You you can't really say, well, because a lot of fans attended the game, it's not a rivalry. And it's—it's simply
3: put, it is there is a supply and demand economic supply and demand issue here. You have nine and a half million people that live in the Chicago Metro. And there are a lot more Cubs fans than there are White Sox fans. And I'm not, I'm not even brought to the table yet the conversation that Wisconsin and southern Wisconsin have a lot of Cub fans here because of WGN. And a and a gap in time
4: of which Milwaukee did not have a baseball team. How many times did we hear people call into this show or people from this office back when the Brewers implemented that policy to only sell the Wisconsin residents? That said, well, that's not a big deal. I mean, it's not, not and it wasn't a my, big deal. I Listen, live I, here, and I'm a Cubs fan. I like
3: what the Brewers were trying to do, but that does not because a lot of Cubs fans go to Miller Park does not diminish the sense that there is a
4: significant rivalry. Listen, there is a rivalry, and that's the thing. Like, it's not to the level like you mentioned. It's not Cubs Cardinals rivalry, but and it's on the not sc- Yankees Red Sox. No, but it's a rivalry. No, on the scale of rivalries, this is an emerging rivalry, and I don't think it ever gets to Cubs Cardinals level, or ever gets to Red Sox Yankees because those are like kind of historic type of rivalries. But on the scale of rivalries, there is definitely something happening here between these two teams. Now, if you want to talk about Fan loyalty and everything like that. And you say the Cubs owned one game at Miller Park. Here's the real test. If the Cubs and Brewers match up, what's Miller Park sound like in game one? Right? Uh, Yeah. And, And then if there's lots of Cubs fans, I'd have more of an issue with that. But
3: but again, there is a level that you cannot deny that there is still a Cubs fan base Absolutely. in southeastern Wisconsin, in Wisconsin in I don't, know, in how, I don't in know how
4: much of an impact that makes on the games, but it's definitely there. And there is definitely a uh, do don't don't thing tell them, Don't tell me you don't tell that me. that's the definition Just of a rivalry.
3: Just the fan attendance? Yeah, come on. What are we doing? That's how you're going to define a rivalry? Listen, Cole Hamels, let's be honest about this. Cole Hamels was wrong. He was wrong. Rivalries are determined both by fan bases and by what happens on the field. There's no rivalry right now between Wisconsin and Minnesota in college football. Because on the field, there's no battle.
4: Historic rivalry in the sense that they've done it a lot.
3: Fan bases don't like one another, but it's been so incredibly one-sided that there's no real juice to that rivalry in the
4: moment. Not that there can't be. So, what would you say, though? Like I said, let's let's do the hypothetical game. Let's pretend it's Game One NLDS, and you, and there is a significant amount of Cubs fans. I, again, I don't know what that means. Significant,
3: define it.
4: I mean, I'm going to uh, do to you what you do to me in these uh, moments. It's let's say it sounds like the Labor Day game. Oh, well it won't. But. If, I well, mean, that's if it, what you're saying. It won't. But what if it... What, it
3: won't. I mean, it's it's probably going to be 70-30, but there's still going to be a... It's it's going to be more opposing fans than any of the other playoff series, right? So even if Yankees-Red Sox meet, there. I mean, it wouldn't equate to that, right? There's going to be... There There are more Cubs fans that will go to a Cubs-Brewers game at Miller Park than any other opposing fans in a stadium in Major League Baseball's
4: postseason. How does the I, postseason I, I have, ticket distribution work? Like, Why does that happen? I mean, part of your argument is because there are so many based Because in there are so
3: many Cubs fans that actually live in Wisconsin. But yeah, it's a, it's a season ticket deal first. But then there's a ton of ticket sales that happen in the postseason on the secondary market. It's a supply and demand issue. There are 9.5 million people in the metro Chicago area, plus all the Cubs fans in Wisconsin. And the tickets are readily available if you're willing to pay. Take nine and a half million and one and a half million from Milwaukee and then say, okay, where's the money come from? Well, in theory, there is just more money in Chicago. And much harder to get a ticket at Wrigley than it is at Miller Park supply and demand issues. But I'm just I'm just what what bugs me about this is not what happens in the stadium, it's what happens where that fan base is concerned driving somebody's opinion that it is or is not a rivalry. I don't get that. That's not accurate. There is a tremendous rivalry. It's a tremendous rivalry. Cole Hamels had been in the rivalry between the Brewers and Cubs in stadium, as a member of a team, for one game when he said what he said. One game. And we're going to take his thoughts on this and
7: ride them. We're going to saddle up Cole. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the
10: bride and groom?
7: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps)
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
7: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pamels and say, yeah, he's right.
4: I also saw a story. Did you hear about this, too, that when the Brewers' playoff tickets went on sale, it, once again, you had to be uh, from the state of Wisconsin, right, to purchase... And that they were sending out confirmation emails with barcodes and not specifics. For for when was this? This is from late September for when Brewers playoff tickets went on sale. I believe this is uh, what I'm talking about, like a week ago, where they would send you, somebody knows what I'm talking about because it looks like Keller doesn't, uh, and I'm not sure either, at John Audius Radio, hashtag, hey, fellas, what's up if you want to find me, that they'd send you a confirmation email with a barcode and no other information, so you couldn't list it on a secondary market. Oh, okay. So yeah. I think there might be they might be taking even more larger steps to ensure that there are more Brewers fans. Someone yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I'm at John am is
3: Unfamiliar with uh, with yeah. what they've got going on there, but I, I I do I listen. I do think it's interesting. I do think it's interesting to to know what fans want in uh, that Thursday matchup beginning in the NLDS at Miller Park from uh, whether it's a Rockies that you want or a Cubs that you want. Um, I, I do think that there is greater juice in a Brewers Cubs series from a story standpoint. However, uh, we had on Don Banks, who's a lifelong Boston Red Sox fan. He's our NFL insider from Patriots.com and theAthletic.com, and I think you know he, he, he has a way with words. And um, he said that the pain for the Red Sox don't want to face the Yankees. Now, if the Red Sox beat the Yankees. There is great joy in that, but he said the pain of the potential of losing in the postseason for the Red Sox to the Yankees is greater than the joy. And the fear of that pain, which is lifelong, is stronger. So he doesn't want to see the B- Red Sox and Yankees in the postseason. He wants the Red Sox to face the A's. I totally get that. There is a pain from a Brewer standpoint, Brewers fan standpoint of the potential of having the Cubs come in and eliminate the Brewers it's not like the pain of what the Brewers uh, put on the Cubs yesterday. Because the Cubs live to fight another day. Whoever wins, if they face each other in the DS, the pain of the team that loses that, to lose to that rival, is more significant. Troy from New Glarus, you have 20 seconds. Hi, Troy.
1: Hey, guys, how's it going? Yeah, what they did is they sent an email out for season ticket
9: holders first, and then the 20-pack holders. And then with, if you're a Brewer insider, you got tickets.
8: And then the fourth day on Thursday... It was for Wisconsin residents only. Then they were going to open them up to the general market, but all the tickets were sold out before they got to the Brewer insiders.
4: Mm, okay, and then Robert also, thank you for the phone call on Twitter, says they don't deliver that barcode I was talking about until game day, so it's hard to flip.
3: Mm, so, so maybe, we'll but have still signif- flippable, but harder. Significant yeah. Brewers. Uh, we've got another hour fans. yet to come. Tom Hardercourt will join us in about twenty-five minutes. Stick around. You're listening statewide to the Mike Heller Show. <laughs>
0: They're the end crowd, we're the other ones It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from We let our color show where the numbers ain't We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint That's who we are This is the Mike Keller Show That's how we run Call the show at 877-729-1070 They're outsiders Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Yeah, uh... Now here's Mike Keller.
2: We're
3: gonna visit with Tom Hardicourt in this hour of the program. He'll join us at about five twenty or so. That is uh, some uh, about twenty three minutes from now. So we'll get some uh, some concept of. What his view is on tonight's matchup at Wrigley Field between the Rockies and the Cubs, the winner of that will come to Milwaukee for a Thursday 4 7 Central Time first pitch. The loser makes reservations, gets out of Dodge. They are done. Somebody's going to finish their season on that two-game losing streak without officially, well, not totally officially, making it into the postseason because I don't see the wild card single game as a true postseason game. It's like playing in Dayton in the NCAA tournament. It, uh, it counts, but it doesn't really count, does it? Uh, you know, the Rockies will have played, essentially, they have a chance to play two playoff games without playing a home game. You know, they played the, the road game yesterday at game 163, and they're playing a road game today. So the Rockies could have gone through everything they've done and not actually made it to the real postseason into a series. It's the worst. It's, it's an argument that I have that I won't... Uh, hide from just because the Brewers aren't in it. I'm so glad that they aren't in oh, it. Oh, jeez. Oh, so glad that they avoided that. How much uh, angst would there be right now, even though it's a home game, how much angst would there be right now if the Brewers were facing the Rockies tonight and the loser season is done?
4: The thing that drives through You through me... Yoli Chassin yesterday. Yeah. Oh, great, yeah, that's right. The thing that drives me the, cra- the nuttiest about that, that bothers me the most about that, is that sure it's drama filled. Hey, who and, are you? And it's fun to watch, right? Like hey, because hey fellas, what's up? Because every pitch matters, every at-bat matters because it's only one game. It's like an elimination game. Yeah. But what bothers me the most is it allows for no there's no room for error, which isn't isn't fair. Right down to its core. It's not fair that that if you have an error by your team that's maybe uh, something that you're not like, maybe your starting pitcher. Let's say they had Shasin and he gives up like seven runs or something stupid. Like, okay, in a series, you can maybe absorb that and live to fight and, you know, and maybe even win that series. When you do a stupid play in game, you're not I'm even allowed to make a mistake. Like, your team has to be perfect. Like, how lame is that for a sport that has like 200 flipping games? And then you're like, nope, we just won and you can't make any mistakes even though you have the second-best record in the league. It's so dumb. Oh, it's the worst thing ever in sports. Yeah,
3: I have uh, been on that uh, bandwagon uh, for a long time. I've been driving that bus for a while, and uh, I I really despise it. I don't like it at all, uh, that uh, wild cards uh, should be a best-of-three. At least then somebody you have a potential
4: for a home game. Or you could win on a fluke play. Like yeah, the other team could just, win on a fluke play and like, well, sorry. Mm. Maybe that's the way we're and doing And even,
3: even in the best of three, there's no guarantee of a home game. But I just, uh, man, it's, it bugs me. Whatever. Uh, it's not the, the Brewers' situation. They will get the winner of tonight's game at Wrigley. And then tomorrow night's the American League wild card game. And uh, so we get that before the playoffs begin in, in earnest. On Thursday afternoon, the Brewers' timing has been set. It is 4.07 on Thursday afternoon. It is 3.15 on Friday afternoon. Those games are at Miller Park in Milwaukee. They will then play Sunday, 3.37, either in Chicago or Colorado. The Monday game time has not been set. But in theory, all four series could play on Monday. And if that's the case, then you're going to get more matinee day games. In uh, You're going to get weekday matinee day games, which is uh, me double speaking, um, which I don't like uh, i'm I'm bothered by playoff weekday matinees in baseball it's the only sport that we follow closely that does it you would never ever see the NBA play a playoff game on a weekday during the day or the the Stanley Cup playoffs never on a weekday during the day is it hurting the game it's not helping the game that's my point because you want to grow it. About- Help it. L- allow the consumer to choose. If I may. Major League Baseball is making you, uh, well, they limit your choices because you don't have a choice. If you've got a job that you can't get out of and you want to see, you're not an Indians fan or an Astros fan. You're a baseball fan. You want to see Indians and Astros on Friday. You can't. o five. Uh, I think it's one o five Central time. Can't do it. It's 11.05 on the West Coast on a weekday, a workday. I don't have, um, this isn't about the fan bases. At some level it is, because not all members of the fan base have the flexibility to say, hey, I'm not going to go to work today. I'm not going to go to my job, because I really want to see this game. Even fan bases have limitations on that. If you play the game at 5.30 or 6.30, if you double up, John, if you want 5.30 for two games and 8.30 for two more games, you're going to say, what about that 8.30 crowd? That's late at night. Well, at least they have the option of being a little
4: bit sleep deprived because other people don't have the option. If it's a day game, a couple of callers uh, I want to get to. So stay with me, Ellen and Conrad. Um, all right. If I may on the flip side of that, cause it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. Um, you talk about growing the game, right? And I understand, I, I think you have some great points and, and overall, I understand what you're saying. And, uh, and I think it's, it, it makes sense. But if you put an afternoon, a late afternoon game, doesn't that allow for more growth for a younger fan base than, say, an 8.30 Eastern time or 7 Eastern or 8 Eastern, whenever that, that time would be? Don't you allow for growth of the game by allowing kids to get off school and watch the Brewers? Number two, as far as if it's good or bad for the game, isn't attendance at some of the all-time highs in Major League Baseball history? Like, if you're growing... I mean, I don't know if, they, if it's going to hurt that. And number three... As a fan base, don't you usually find your game? Just like if it's on NBA TV at eight o'clock Eastern for a Bucks playoff game, if it's eleven a.m. for an NCAA tournament basketball game, like as a fan base, don't for the most part you go find your game, whatever it takes, anyway? I allowed you to finish, right? Um, yeah, I think that's all. It. Three of your points are
3: about fan bases. Okay. My general point, my specific absolute point is about the overall growth of the game. I'm not a fan of the Indians or the Astros, but there are compelling stories. They're going to play Friday at 105 Central Time. That does not showcase it at all to a baseball fan. You're talking about the fan bases. The kid that comes home and wants to see the Indians play comes home from school. He's an Indians fan. That might grow the game in Cleveland and in Ohio and in Texas and in Houston but if I'm a baseball fan that lives in California I'm a baseball fan that lives in Kansas City and I'm a fan of the game and I want to see Astros and Indians I want that choice I don't have that choice if they went 5 30 and 8 two games and two games now as a consumer You'd as be a at fan work of the game on the West
4: Coast anyway I, as a fan still. of the game I can flip back and pick the game I want to see right but you'd still be like if you, even you're if talking you bring, about fan bases you bring in the West coast like they're gonna be at work no matter what basically
3: well <laughs> if it's screwed. At, if it's at 530 um central and 830 central that's a little too late 9 30 Eastern time to start a game so let's make it 4 30 central and 730 central which is 830 on the east Coast now I've lost everybody on the time math but 430 Central.
4: That's doable. Well, they're four fifteen for the Brewers. Is doable. I know the other games aren't, but mm, yeah. The but Brewers when are we're doable? talking about
3: Friday, uh, the Astros and Indians are playing at one o five Central Time. I understand. I just my point there is it's a simple solution. Go four o five and seven o five Central Time. That's a la- first pitch on the East Coast of eight o five. Two games simultaneously at four o five. Two games simultaneously at seven o five, and allow the consumer to hit last channel. So. Let, basically, let me, you're let me just choose annoyed. And watch
4: what I want to watch. You're annoyed at the one or two matchups that happen at one because the Brewers essentially four oh seven and then what three fifteen. That's a little off. How is and it different than the NHL? Weekend? The NHL would never do
3: that. How is it different than the NBA? The I NBA would say, never so do that. So you're basically never.
4: upset at a couple of games. A couple.
3: It's of... a huge deal if you're trying to grow. If you're trying to grow your sport it, to all markets, it's a huge deal. It's silly. It's nostalgic. It's playing a day game because they used to in the forties and fifties and sixties play all playoff day games.
4: I feel like then if they switched it like to the what times did you say? Four central. Let's and let's say on 730? let's say on Friday with four games being played, that the first game started two
3: games at the same time. Four thirty. Four oh five. Okay, four oh five. And then the second set of games started at seven fifteen or seven twenty five. Something like that. Then you you know what I have? I've got Quick View going with two games late afternoon. I'm getting home from work, and I can do it. West Coast is a little bit different, but maybe you can make arrangements. You're never going to be able to do that fully. And then you've got another set of games, too, that start at 7.30. That's 8.30 Eastern time. Is that too late? Question. Mm, it's a little late, but it's it's better to be late and have the choice of being sleep-deprived so than early and not see it at all. I get it. Well,
4: um, unless you're a little kid. Um so We're not major... marketing to 7-year-olds. To we well, are growing the game. We're right? not marketing to 7-year-olds, John. Don't, don't, you're marketing don't, to teenagers. Don't 12-year-olds and... turn into 18-year-olds in 6 years and go to your games? Don't yeah. don't 15-year-olds turn into 20-year-olds in 5 years? Yeah, but, well, don't I, don't year your, I don't get your point. I mean, what, you t- the 12-year-old can't see a game that's at 7.30? I don't know. What time do 12-year-olds go to bed? I don't know. Your, your girl's oh. going to be 12 soon. they go to bed at like 11? Your choice. games are like... Five hours long. Your choice. Four hours long. Three hours long. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just, I I think they're, I don't know. Uh, Do you want to take a couple phone calls? I do. All right, Ellen in Janesville called. She's been waiting a while. How have you been, Ellen?
1: Hey, Mike, thanks for taking my call. I've got two brief comments. Um, One is the argument about whether or not um, the Cubs and the Brewers, the rivalry, centers on the false assumption that Cole Hamels knows what he's talking about. I mean, the guy pitched for the Phillies and the Rangers. I mean, who's the Phillies' big rival? The Mets? Yeah. And the Rangers have a made-up rival. They had to move the Astros to the American League to get them a rival. So that assumes that he knows what he's talking about. And the second point I have, and I think you're overlooking about the day games, is that Major League Baseball wants its stars available for the World Series. And it's a really bad look. To have people tune into the divisional games and seeing, you know, Jose Altuve wearing gloves and a sweatshirt in Cleveland and pulling his hamstring before he gets a chance to to play in the World Series, so that's one what of is, the reasons I wait, think that they hold, have day games.
4: Hold on, Ellen. Why does that have to do with the with one of the reasons? It's warmer during the day. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I mean, once you, if you've ever sat especially in the old stadium, old Memorial Stadium, right on the water. I get a breeze coming off the lake at night. It's freezing, and you don't have any control at, at night in the northern climate. You know, at, at least at least Milwaukee's got a dome, but Chicago's cold, Cleveland's cold, and you're with the lucky Land
7: Slots, You can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Preserve as much as preserve a playing field as you can.
3: Well, um, I, I do get that, Ellen. But if you're talking about a, a, a one o'clock game time as opposed to a four o'clock four o'clock game time, what are we really worried about here? You know, and then they have the late opportunity to say if you're playing in Cleveland, they're going to play the four o five game rather than the eight o five or seven o five game. Uh, I don't think we're talking about a huge temperature change between 105 and 405.
4: Jay brings up something that I was going to ask you about. So, So the way Major League Baseball constructs this is basically, is it one game showcased at a time on Friday? There's no overlap at all? Or is there a tiny overlap? I think there's a, the Friday game times are 2.05, these are Eastern
3: time, sure. 2.05, 4.15, 7.30, 9.30. So there's a
4: little bit of overlap
3: there. Well, think of that. Yeah. The Atlanta Braves Eastern time zone are playing at Los Angeles, and for their Eastern time zone fans in Atlanta, that game starts at 9.37 Eastern time. I don't know. If there, is there ever a
4: good way to do East Coast versus West Coast start Didn't times? I,
3: haven't I just given you that? 4.05? What if you went 405 and 705? That's 805 Eastern. That's an hour and a half earlier. Wait. So Again, y- instead of staggering four separate start times, two start times. The early one would be the Cubs or the Brewers and whoever at 4:15 along with the Indians and Astros also at 4:15. Then at 7:30, you're playing the other two games starting simultaneously. So the Braves fans on the East Coast don't have to what stay up and watch a game at 9:37 okay even if it's even if it's 7:37 west Co- or east coast time that's 4:37 in LA people can be done with work standard the the largest percentage of people work day jobs you can't appeal to everybody working shift work and and all, all of the other thing but and school and business that's kind of mm-hmm. who we're catering to I, I, my there body, is a solution. They yeah, do have a staggered two-hour and, and ten-minute difference get, I, in the I, early I, games and two hours
4: and five minutes in the late games. I get it, but we're only talking about a handful of days, right? I, I is guess. That, is that now, going to be the difference well, then, between your game like, doesn't then let's grow? Let's not worry about it. Like your game's not going to grow then, because it's simply you let's have not worry one about day it. where there's four games? I, w- I wouldn't worry about it then. I wouldn't. If you're only talking
3: about a handful. Let's not worry about well, it. Well, what's a handful? Well, let me How ask, many total uh, games are you talking you, about right, you still now? Have right an answer, now? You haven't answered my question. You haven't answered my Would the NHL or the NBA ever do this? No. Then why does Major League Baseball, because they used to, because they had to back in the day, Otherwise, there's no reason for this, John. There's no reason. It is it is a television suicide.
4: It's ridiculous to play a game at one o'clock on a Monday or a Friday. I, I don't have an answer for that. So I, I, why would you do it? I don't have an other than most. Some games are those two sports you're talking about are inside, and these two sports are outside. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's, but that's... back to the uh, you were also talking about the Brewers and uh, Cubs fans at Miller Park and all those things and yeah. rivalries. Yeah. So Jonathan tweeted and he tweeted a screenshot of his tickets that he have, he has, and it says barcode will display at a later date. So I asked, how does that impact you from selling that to a Cubs fan? Perhaps he says, can't sell the tickets from the app. There's usually a way to sell them off the brewers website, but that option isn't available yet. And you can't print the ticket yet either. So you can't sell the PDF on StubHub like you usually can. So it seems like, there might be a lot of Brewers fans because it's just more difficult to sell if the Brewers and Cubs meet at Miller Park.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, there's it's a little bit different how they're going to work this without By question. the way,
4: he says, give it up, you've lost the argument, John. Heller is right, early playoff games are ridiculous. I'm just saying, I understand your point, Heller, but I just don't think it's as big of an issue as you're making it out to be. Have you seen Jose Altuve play? If, if, if,
3: if uh, your daughter... Was a baseball fan and she was 10, 11, 12 years old. And she has, because you don't watch Astros games during the season, you're not an Astros fan. But Jose Altuve is, I mean, he's, he's short, fun to watch. Shorts, too. It's fun to watch. But they're going to play at 105 on that playoff game instead of 405. 405, you can say, hey, I know the team we want to watch plays later, but let's watch this for a little while. But it's 105, so you don't get to see it. And it's 105 for the fan base. What about those, uh, you know, the the Uh, fan base that has been there all year? What are the
4: other Astro starting times?
3: Uh, The only one that's set right now uh, that's a weekday is Friday. Okay. Because Monday's times aren't set.
4: So we're talking about one game? Oh, my goodness. Yep, we are. How long is the uh, DS series?
3: We're going to visit with Tom Harder, core to the Milwaukee Journal <laughs> Sentinel JS online. No, the I'm then. listen. I'm not looking for the anecdotal argument. Let's play devil's advocate. I'm talking about if baseball want if Rob Manfred wants to grow his game and his stars, stop playing playoff games during the weekdays. Stop it. It's silly to go 105 on Friday. <laughs> We're not going to agree on this one, Heller.
4: Yeah, well, like, okay. I, it's not, I don't
3: know. If, if you want to grow the game, then stop playing Major matinee games baseball's in the postseason. Major League going to
4: crumble now because Oh of my
3: it. goodness, knock it off. Tom from of Milwaukee games. Journal Sentinel, JS Online. He's our guest statewide when we come back on the Mike Heller Show. Welcome in, Tom Hardicourt of the Monkey Journal Sentinel, JS Online. He's a daily guest now, but Tuesdays and Thursdays are his scheduled time, brought to you by our friends at Westtown Monona Tire in Madison and also by Left's Lucky Town in Tosa, your living room away from home. Hi, Tom Hardicourt. Hello. How are you? Hey, Mike, i got a question for you. Shoot, let's go.
5: How'd you get them to schedule all these games right during your show? Yeah,
3: that's not good. That is not good.
5: <laughs> what do you mean it's not good? Oh, not good for you. you you're gonna have a little. You're gonna be a little distracted.
3: Yeah, I can't come to the ballpark and sit sit by you and, and get your uh, your insights as the game's going on. I'm uh, I'll be stuck in a radio studio. I won't be able to live that moment. I'll have to do it through the television while I'm talking on the radio.
5: Oh. <laughs> so, Man, yeah. yeah now, that, now that you put it that way, I get it. That stinks for yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I was
3: not, I was not happy. And, and then people are misinterpreting to some level. I, I don't like baseball postseason being played on weekday day games. And they're thinking, yeah. well, it's a selfish <laughs> reason. And I just think it's – I don't think it's great for baseball. I don't think it's great for Rob Manfred and the growth of the game. I think they ought to give consumers – the opportunity in a uh, central time, 4.30 window and 7.30 window, to be able to choose the game they want to watch uh, in simultaneous uh, windows. And I don't know if you have a thought or or an opinion on that.
5: Well, I remember, uh, why does everything we talk about make me sound so old? (laughs) Um, I, I remember sneaking home from school to watch World Series games in the afternoon, Mike. Sure, but, uh, yeah. That's long, long ago. It's nostalgic to, and, to uh, be
3: able to do that, yeah.
5: Yeah, you know what, though? In these early rounds when they've got so many teams playing, you know, it's kind of hard to to schedule everything. And I know what you're saying about giving fans choices and stuff like that. So the choice they're going to have this week is to um, slip away from their desk. Right, Yeah. <laughs> And watch on TV. I mean, they. I'll. I'll I'll be honest with you. From a from a newspaper deadline point of view, we're pretty happy about it. (laughs) Oh,
3: I'm sure in in that. And so I think of like Monday in particular. You have Game Three uh, Red Sox, Game Three Astros Indians, Game Four if needed Brewers and whoever, and Game Four Dodgers and Braves. Well, you're going to play a couple of those, maybe, are certainly elimination games. They're all, uh, you know, the potential to be elimination games. And you're going to have a couple of them start midday, you know? Yeah, yeah that's and true. That's, that's the true. part that, that bugs me. Let's talk about roster makeup, where the Brewers are concerned. Their their deadline on that, I'm, I assume, is, I don't know the specific you do, is tomorrow morning, right?
5: Um, it's not. Is it tomorrow morning? I thought maybe it might be Thursday morning. Oh, I,
3: I'm not even certain. I was, I'm I'm yeah. curious. From, Thursday. It's Thursday. It day Thursday? of the game. Yeah. Day of the game. Yeah. So, what is? Where are the biggest difficult decisions to be made by the Brewers, and how do they go about that process? Do you think?
5: Yeah, I think I think their final bench spots as well as their final bullpen spots will be the tough ones, and they're going to uh, look at matchups. So, you know, if it turns out to be the Cubs, and why do I think it will be?
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, those two teams know each other so well. You know, it's got no surprises there. They know the Rockies pretty well, too. You know, they uh, both teams have some left-handed starters. So, I, I wonder, I can't wait to see how many of their own starters they put on the, uh, the, the roster. I wonder... It may, I wonder if they're going to try to get away with three starters, but then some bullpen guys that used to be starters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, and the bench, some guys, some guys just aren't going to be able to make it. Boy, I, I know they hate to take Domingo Santana off the roster the way he's batted. You know, the way he's been a pinch hitter. So uh, some guys just aren't going to make it. I don't see any way a guy like Thanes makes it, even though he started the year as the first baseman. Um
3: what do they and, do with yeah, the he, with a guy like Curtis Granderson, who has such great experience yeah, um yeah. but but if you've got to make that choice in your outfield depth of going Granderson Domingo Santana, or Broxton no, as no, the extra no, guy no, no. what do no. you do
5: yeah yeah I don't think Broxton makes it if Granderson makes it yeah that, the, uh yeah these are these are problems that you have when you have a lot of good players so right in a way in a way it's a good thing um but uh you know they they built such tremendous depth in the organization both before and during the season they knew they'd have to leave some people off if you get you know if they got there so i i'm i'm more interested in the pitching things than i am the player things cuz i just know the same guys who've been playing are going to be playing but the pitching things you know No one made more use of the expanded rosters in September than Craig Council did. You know he uh and and, and look at the guys who emerged to play huge roles. Brandon Woodruff, you know, play so so many guys played big roles that were not with the team even half the year, you know. Santana had been banished for a couple of months, Broxton for much of the year, um Woodruff, you know, up and down. They just had so many guys come up and, and play big roles and uh the interesting thing is gonna be the who who are the starting pitchers are gonna be um because Cassim might be the only one who started the year with the team.
3: Right. You know, he might yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I I'm curious on that too as, as whether you have a thought and, and is it matchup related on who would get the ball on Thursday and Friday, the two opening games at Miller Park. Is it matchup related yeah. Colorado or Chicago or will they just decide?
5: Yeah, I think I think they'll just decide. Um, you know, Justine's not going to be able to do it, you know, unless they bring him back short in game 2, right? right. I mean, he's not yeah. going to they they have to bring him back in short again too, and then it flips the other way because of the off day. Then he gets you know even more rest before you play again. So, uh But you know they had to pitch Jacine in that game.
3: Yeah, I agree, you know, it, and it, it worked out. It worked out obviously very well. But you know, as you start this next series, um, do you go Miley and Davies and Chasen? Are those your three? Postseason starters? Would you just go three men because of of what they can do out of the bullpen?
5: You know, and, and or dare you, know, you go Miley and Gonzalez and start a couple of lefties right out of the shoot.
3: Sure, too,
2: you know? yeah.
5: So yeah, these, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. You know, one thing I've learned and I wrote about it in some notebook stuff that I turned in today is it's the kind of the bullpen choices are going to matter more than the starting choices you know, you know how how unbelievable is it Mike, that they won 96 games and they have one starting pitcher and double figure in victory
3: oh it's crazy yeah, yeah has, i mean, it's...
5: I mean has, has any team ever won that many games and only had one pitcher with 10 wins yeah <laughs> one starting pitcher
3: you know? right yeah probably yet not had,
5: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes they had i think the trio of um of, um, Burns, Hater, and, uh, Jefferson went like maybe 22 and 1.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
5: oh, 22 and 2. You know, they just had so many wins that, well, for one thing, a lot, the reason they don't have a lot of victories out of their, uh, their, um, starting rotation is that rule that you have to pitch five innings. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, how many times do we see the guy come out before they even get through five innings? You know?
3: So, yeah. Um, do you uh do, I know that fans are are wondering about this and you, you have a read on the fan base too. I I noticed that through Twitter. Um it, it, who do we want? I was talking to a Red Sox guy earlier, Don Banks, who used to work for Sports Illustrated now with the Athletic.com at Patriots.com. He's our NFL guy and a lifelong Red Sox fan. He has no interest, no interest in seeing the Yankees. Are Cubs are, are Brewers fans that way, do you think, where the Cubs are concerned? that they just would rather not see the cubs again. Yeah, because the pain is too great to think of that team yeah, um you know knocking you out just like a Red Sox fan and that's a right. that's a 100-year rivalry, right? Yeah. Um but the Red Sox just can't stand the potential pain of having the Yankees knock them out. Yeah. Uh, are the Brewers fans that way? Yeah, that's
5: why I wish they would reseed the tournament after the wild card game. Sure. You know, so if, so we don't have teams with the best records playing each other again right out of the shoot. Why should the Yankees and the Red Sox play right after the wildcard game? And why should the Cubs and Brewers play right after the
7: wildcard game? With the Lucky Land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add
5: up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
7: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: They just shouldn't do it, you know, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. If the Cubs uh, don't make it, at least it'd be more Brewers fans oh sure <laughs> right. you right. know I, i'm still so fascinated to see if it's the cubs what the breakdown's going to be what's your prediction on that I yeah mean, i I,
3: I thought it would be um no worse than 75 25 brewers to cubs and i think during the regular season it's, it's closer to i don't know if it's 60 40 or 65 35 or even 50 yeah. 50 for a couple of those games yeah. but I think it's much harder. It seems, from the people we've talked to that are ticket holders, it seems to be much more difficult to do in the postseason.
5: Yeah, yeah. It does. It does. You know, there's way more money to be made in selling postseason tickets to Cubs fans, uh, you know? Yeah. Oh,
3: no I no, mean, no question. Tic- yeah. I
5: mean, the return would be way higher because those tickets are worth way more. So, uh, yeah, I'm not – you know, that's one thing we haven't had is a playoff, we haven't had a playoff series between the Cubs and Brewers in Milwaukee. You know, it's just been regular season games. And uh, the last several years, because the Cubs have been so good and the Brewers were rebuilding, it really flipped towards way more Cubs fans because they were more interested. So I'm not sure what that dynamic would be. Do you keep your tickets because it's the playoffs and you want to see your team in the playoffs, or do you sell them because they're worth so much more money?
3: Yeah, no, yeah. there's the question. <laughs> so, because a lot of fans haven't... We, we're not very familiar with Colorado. The last time the, the Brewers played in Denver was back in uh, the second week of May. Colorado was in Milwaukee in, um, what was it, early August? Uh, yeah, the yeah. first week of August. So, uh, I'm curious as to your thoughts of a Brewers-Colorado matchup. How does that matchup sit?
5: Yeah, it's two teams similar in that they got hot at the end and really plowed into the playoffs. The Brewers did it in the um, division, and the Rockies didn't quite make it that far. They didn't win their division, but they sure plowed forward with a lot of wins at the end to get in. They have a lot of power, too, you know, and just like the Brewers, you know, a lot of really good players. So I'm just not sure, you know, if they if, if what these teams did earlier in the year has anything to do with what they would do now. Right. You know, if they uh the uh they the Brewers won five out of seven, but I'm not sure that any of that matters now. I'm not sure either teams like the team that they were when they played each other. You know, the Brewers are, you know, when you look at what the Brewers did. Uh, Since mid-August, they went 28 and 10. That's an incredible surge since mid-August. 20, 27, what? 20, 21 and 7 since September 1st. Yeah. Their last, their last eight in a row. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it really matters what the season series was because it was a long
3: time ago. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be it'll be fun to watch a little bit of that tonight, and then um, the Brewers will have a workout tomorrow afternoon. Craig Council and and uh, players will be available, and then a workout, and then uh, late afternoon at the ballpark on Thursday and Friday, and uh, we'll figure out how we do Thursday. That's during the game, so I'll I'll chat with you off the air and figure out what we what we can do as the week uh, moves on. But it's always good to visit with you, and we appreciate you spending extra time with us.
5: Oh Paul, same same feeling from this side. So we'll figure it out.
3: All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Tom. Tom Harder, Court of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel-JS Online. His time here is our Baseball Insider. Brought to you by Bobcat Plus in Butler, Appleton, De Pere, and Chippewa Falls. Four oh seven on Thursday. 3-15 on Friday. You know, John and I got in a bit of an argument. You didn't hear him in that segment. He left. He's not in studio. This is the Mike Heller Show. I did tweet this out earlier. Mike Pilch is now in studio with me. John Audius is... well, he left the studio. We disagree on this. Can't tell you if that's why he left the studio or not. Not sure. I tweeted this out earlier. How Major League Baseball handles the postseason playoff schedule, in my opinion, not good. All caps, not good. Not a fan, never have been. Let the consumer choose to watch the games they want at night. Weekday day games should be extinct. Rob Manfred, I think he needs to have a different view of this to grow the game, be a little bit more progressive. And I think he has been progressive in some ways. But weekday day games in the postseason are fan killers. That is not an effort to grow the game. And there's a simple, simpler, not absolute simple, but a simpler solution to what you have Friday and what you have Monday. Now, Monday's game times are not set, but unless two of the series end, there are Game 4s scheduled for Monday in the National League and Game 3s scheduled for the American League on Monday. On, and here's, the, here's what they're going to do. If they match Friday's deal, you'd have a Game 3 in the American League Division Series at 105 Central Time, and then a game at 4:15 or 315 Central Time, 630 Central Time, and 830 Central Time. Why do you have to go in four separate um, two-hour and ten-minute windows? Why not? I mean, there is a simple solution to the deal, and that is play. Uh, I'm going to go Central Times for you here. Go 4.30 and 7.45. You get a three-hour and ten-minute window in between, which might allow you to get through the one through the other, and you let me, the consumer, choose. Because now I can go back and forth between two games. And let me choose. I don't have a choice. If I'm not, listen, Pilch is an Indians fan, uh, and I don't know whether this matter is to you or not. If I'm not an Indians or an Astros fan, but I want to see the Indians because I'm a baseball fan, or I want to see the Astros because I'm a baseball fan, and the first pitch is at 105 Central Time, I'm not going to see it on Friday. If I live in, in work in the normal, living, working world, how does that grow the game? Why not go to late afternoon windows, where at least you have the option of maybe cutting your day a little bit short, and then a little bit later in the evening. They're not doing the Atlanta Braves' East Coast time zone any any favors here. On Friday night, that game will be at 9.37 Eastern Time. Even though it's in L.A., Braves fans will be staying up well past the, the strike of midnight. What, past 1 o'clock in the morning, in all likelihood. To see that game and I know it's a Friday night, but what if it's a Monday night and they do the same thing? I just think there are there are simpler solutions, and I know it's nostalgic to watch a weekday baseball playoff game, but I don't need to be nostalgic. I worry about the
10: growth, how you roll forward, and I think this is antiquated. There are fewer things in the world I could care about than this. I don't care at all. You have no care. So you have no issue with I have um... no issue. That way I can see every game. I can't see every game if I'm choosing between two in the same time zone. Not what to mention, you, if you have a normal job, you don't get to
3: see every game. Then DVR it. That's hard to do. Come on,
10: really? DVR That's, it. So
3: basically, would the, it's would, not hard to do. Would, would the NBA or NHL ever play a weekday day game in the postseason? Do you know I don't why? know. That's why
10: I can't watch every game. And when the, the teams play each other, I don't really know who so they you are. Can, so you can't quick view it. That's Mike? an issue. So
3: you can't quick view. I
10: could. Okay. And you can't DVR it if it's game? What's the difference between that and DVRing it? Because one's live and one's not. So, the quick view's not live. The, it, it certainly is. Mike, what, like I can the switch. hour thing where you go back and watch the no, whole thing no, condensed? No, no, uh, no. Last
3: channel. Quick view, last channel. Flip back. Uh, oh, the flip back uh, and, flip and forth between, between. between games.
10: It's like watching a college football Saturday. You get every game from 1 o'clock till midnight. Except it's a Tuesday. <laughs> It's, they've been doing this since Divisional Series played don't, don't in 95. Don't make the this, antiquated oh, they've been on. doing it for 20 years as oh, the reason to keep it. doing it. I loved coming home from school and watching the Indians play a playoff game in well, the 90s. Well, if you want to go
3: revisit your childhood, great. If you want to grow the game and be progressive, get to automated strike zones, play your games in the evening, in the postseason, where people can see them. On a day like how yesterday grow, where there's no choice. How do you grow a game you have no choice?
10: when you're watching the Cubs and Brewers play and you can't watch Watch a team like the big market Dodgers play. How is that growing the game? I don't, I don't
3: understand why can't you do both.
10: How how are you growing the game when you're not giving a chance to see all your stars and all your best teams play? Mike, Pilch, I mean you have Come taken on. you've taken away the opportunity to see. You your are best. the only person I know that cares about this. Oh, that's ridiculous. If you're an no. if you wanted to see Jose Altuve, I went Altuve, around the building asking people, and you are the only one but, who listen, cares there, about this. There are this. four
3: baseball fans in our building that come on what people that are baseball fans i asked and this is I not asked, a traditional
10: work environment I asked either posic i asked bruce i didn't ask Pat brian heffling i brian brian forgot works in our heffling. industry he didn't give a rat's poo-ha about because it. Because he doesn't him, work a traditional schedule. Nah. All right, I'll ask him tomorrow when he's on our show. No, I'll no, ask him tomorrow. He, he doesn't work a regular I'll bet business you he schedule. Could, like when the Reds and so Giants he were played ba- Game 5 in if, the if, daytime in if, 2012.
3: If he were a banker. I'll bet you he watched it. If he were a banker, would he see the then Astros or Indians? It. Oh, come
10: on. Or you go back and watch the quick thing. It's the same difference. How are you growing a sport if Mike Trout's in the postseason, your best player, and you can't even watch him? You make my point. How are you, ma- is, how you, are you, you growing your sport? sport when, Pilch, you, when, you you, just, when you're choosing you one just or the other.
3: made my point. Nah, you can't nah. see Jose Altuve play on Friday because it's a
10: 1 o'clock first you pitch. You don't think every sports bar and restaurant in the country is going to have that game on when you walk in there during the day? You don't think every place you work me, which basically you, has me, a computer me, or a television let, yeah, at let a let desk me, and they don't you, tune into it ask you if you they question, want to?
3: And do me a favor, listen to the question. I probably won't, but go ahead. How many people are gonna be at a sports bar in Madison and Milwaukee watching Cleveland and Houston? If but if I were in at there. home, Mike, if I were at home and I can switch from TBS to FS one at four thirty or five o'clock and see two games that I can pick and choose and go back and forth, I actually get to see them both. But I can tell you if I were a banker. Working in Milwaukee, I don't see Cleveland and Houston not a single pitch on Friday. Maybe, but
10: you can't if you choose to later on. The That's option the will be point, there to go Mikey. back. You, you totally miss no. my point about How are you exposing watching a your whole game. game if you're flipping back it, it, and it's forth? It's not it's, it's exposing, like watching
3: two college football games exposing, at prime time at night. It's exposing the country to stars that they otherwise haven't seen in a very regional game.
10: Yeah, but yep. you're not seeing them all if you're watching one at a time. Most people don't flip back and forth. They're going to focus on one game or another. It's like watching a college football game or, at night. Or
3: focus on zero time because the game's at 105 and I work until 4.30. You're going to have the game on in here all day. The no, TV's no, no. on all day. I'm not, Come see, on. You keep making it about me and you. I'm talking about average joe who's a baseball fan but they're not a fanatic
10: I will guarantee you anybody who is a fan of that team will find a you, way again, to watch the you, game
3: again you have totally missed the no, point I i'm don't talking think about I am. a sports fan who's not a baseball fanatic then they're not going to go out of their way oh to watch goodness.
10: the game anyway i should not have opened this conversation
3: uh, where where you were concerned because you can't get out of your own way on being a huge I'm baseball really fan i'm really not
10: worried about it because you're because you're so when you, ingrained, you, in you it, watch college you don't live football in the world. and the the prime time game at eight o'clock or seven o'clock at night. Are you flipping between whoever Notre Dame's playing and whoever ABC's got on that night? You basically settle on one or the other. No, you don't watch both. You uh, again, settle on one or the other.
3: Again, my point is that's part of
10: college football. I don't yeah. see all the good teams play all the time. I don't know who all they are because they're all playing at the same time.
3: You what you have missed completely, and I'm sorry that I didn't make it cleaner, what you have missed is this isn't about you or me. This is about if I were taking a, a 40,000 foot view of Major League Baseball, I would want my stars playing in a moment that the, the, the entire continent has a chance, the entire United States has a chance to make choices to see them. Whereas you don't have a choice if you live on the West Coast or Mountain Time or Central Time or even Eastern Time Zone. If you're not a fan of the Cleveland Indians or Houston Astros, you're not even remotely exposed to it. But if it was played at 4.30 Central Time or 5.30 Central Time and you had two games going on then and two games that start at 8.30, you've got choices that you can go back and forth on. 105, 3.15 are not choices. Nobody's exposed to Jose Altuve. Nobody's exposed to your Cleveland Indians. Again, this story is not about you, big baseball fan, or me, big baseball fan. This is about 40,000-foot view of it and trying to expose more people to the national storylines that the game presents, and you can't do it when you play a 1 o'clock game on a Monday or a Friday.
10: Yeah, we're going to disagree to dis- or agree to disagree, I think, on this. I think we'll have to end it at that, or we'll be yelling at each other all day.
3: So, so none of what I just said made any sense?
10: It made sense. I just don't agree with it. It did sense. You, you don't sense. agree
3: that it exposes more people to the game no, if it was at 430? No, because you're not watching up? both those games. Okay, you're yeah, not flipping back and I forth. I should not have
10: pursued it any further. No, I'll
3: we're not going uh, Tomorrow on the program, it is actually the Aaron Rodgers Wednesday in his locker. So we'll hear from Aaron Rodgers. We will check in at Miller Park. Uh, the Brewers have player availability, Craig Council availability, Tomorrow they'll work out at Miller Park, so we'll get you sound from there. Also, Jesse Temple from Athletic.com on the show tomorrow. And Jim Osarski, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, JS Online on the Green Bay Packers. It's all Wednesday. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you then. Enjoy some baseball tonight in prime time, not during the day, where people can see it. This is the Mike gallery Show.
0: Plus.